Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson And we have a special guest in the studio with us today I always fuck her name up I think it's I believe in you Okay, here we go. I believe it's Daniil. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. Daniil. Daniil. I think it's just like Cher. Daniil only has well, one name. If you go by how her fiance writes her names in, <laughs> in, in, in programs, it's <laughs> Daniil. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> who the, fucking who the fuck's Daniil, Carl? Sorry. Okay, we need to explain this joke because... <laughs> Or wait, it's, really it's better when we don't explain it. It'll just be an unknown quantity. An unknown quantity. But joining us today is Danielle Pelshaw. Just know that Hello. if you are ever in a production and you want to shout out your significant other, make sure you spell their first name correctly. Give yeah, give your little shout out a second read. Just proofread it real quick. But see the real problem. I, I I wrote it. I sent it in at work while I was taking a shit. It was a pooping email. Oh my god, you sent a poop email? I sent a poop email. When we both sat down to watch your show on opening night, I was reading through it and Danielle showed up and I was like, Danielle, he didn't thank you, but he thanked his girlfriend. His girlfriend, Danielle. <laughs> and I hadn't read the program yet. I'm like, what? You're like, excuse me? And Who is this cunt? What? I'm like, someone get me a program. Someone get me a program. <laughs> I can't remember if it was a main season or if it was a fucking um, Patreon, a but Patreon. oh my god, we had a, the one of the most hysterical Hysterical riffs on Danielle of Daniel. all time. <laughs> it was really fun. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so, guys, welcome, welcome to Measure. Welcome Flicks. to December, yes. the first episode of December. Are we dropping the? Will they have heard the third uh, shootout? shootout? No, because we're not going to record it until uh, okay. the end of this week, which will be. That's right, because we're fucking caught up. We're caught up. Woo! Welcome everybody to us <laughs> recording days, mere days before the episode drops. All right, uh, let's do a little bit of business up top yeah, because yeah. it kind of explains why we're so. Like <laughs> under the gun right, right. now. Uh, our December Patreon, our Christmas, our Christmas present Patreon episode to you, uh, our our Patreon Christmas gift to you is so intense and was so fucking labor intense. Four months of work. On yeah, our, four, on our we've part. been recording just those Patreon episodes for four and a half months. It's insane. Fucking I looked hell. through my planner to find the first of the batch. And it's four and a half months of just working on December's Patreon. <laughs> so if yeah, you guys, no wonder we burned through like, oh, we have sixteen weeks of episodes saved up we or had whatever. A, we had a big buffer, and boy, that <laughs> December Patreon that, yeah. ate right into it. So um, we wanted to do because when we when Carl and I decided we were going to do, uh, we do themed months, and some of them like we have one coming up. We're doing Blue Valentine's mm-hmm. for for the Valentine's Day episode. For February, and we thought, okay, well, what Christmas movies we could we do? We could do "It's a Wonderful Life." No, no, those are dumb. <laughs> no no one could, likes we those. We could do movies. "White Christmas." Go fuck yourself. Or, or we could do the best Christmas movie the in best, my book. The best, plural, four. But the, the, the best, best four, four Christmas, Christmas movies ever. Yes. Every movie we're watching this month is a Christmas except, movie. Except uh, uh, like asterisks, except for Gremlins isn't on the. Yeah. Okay. Gremlins. Gremlins. We didn't technically. We didn't do Gremlins, but four out of five of the right. best Christmas movies of all time. So, welcome. And uh, today we're talking about. The, I think, best Christmas movie ever. I'm going to say the second best Christmas movie, because okay. you know where my, oh, wait, my heart, your heart, my heart will yes. always right. be yes, yes, yes. with the best Christmas movie ever, but but uh, a, an amazing Christmas movie. Yeah. We're watching today 1988's 
Die, die hard. hard. Oh my god. Yeah. I always get so excited. Oh. I force myself to wait until after Thanksgiving every year to watch Die Hard, and then I watch it like 27 times. Dude, this is that's your, like a, that's this a, like true a daily story. fucking watch. So like, and like, ugh. As you're hanging lights, as you're it's everything. hanging yeah. the stockings over the by the chimney with care and putting up the Christmas tree, you just hearing the background. Sergeant El Paulo, leaves apartment. Fuck you. Jesus Christ, Prowl. Yes. Could be a fucking bartender for all we know. And you're just like, the sounds Christmas. of the holidays. Yeah, it's like, there are certain sounds that do it. The crunch of snow under one's feet, the the, the tear of, of the Christmas bark of an paper, M9. Being the, the bark of an M9. Fuck yeah. Just John Sla- shattering glass, slave, John McClane screaming Jesus Christ. Sleigh bells and racist slurs, just mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking amazing. There was it was there was a weird moment where I was sitting on my couch and I got a whiff of cigarette smoke because there's oh, yeah, so, so many much. cigarettes in this movie. There's actually not that many cigarettes physically smoked in the movie. He only smokes like six. Uh, yeah, but other people are smoking well, it too. People, yeah, and there is. There's but almost, no one smokes a cigarette like John McClane. But there's almost always a cigarette lit on screen. Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like even if are you counting Dick Thornburg's fucking head? Just <laughs> Dick. Carl. Carl was getting really hot and bothered at right John McClane smoking bat, a cigarette. Like yes, the, smoke it. Yes, smoke it. Before the title screen, he was the like, title actually came up. He, he was like narrating the smoke. If you tip. The mic up. You can actually put it on the table if you want, because if you tip it up, it that won't fall up. over on you again. But there was a moment where he was almost. He, you were narrating. I we, was. we screened it tonight. <laughs> we, we cuddle up in our pajamas soon, and our eggnogs. As soon as he gets off the plane and he lights his cigarette in the airport. Oh my God. Number one, awesome smoking in airports. Mm. Two, he's tired. <laughs> Holding a giant he's teddy su- bear. Giant. Te- he's super tired from his flight, so he can't quite lift his arm up. He just he meets the cigarette halfway down. He brings his head down. Brings his head down, and he just he draws the smoke into his lungs and breathes it out. His duck lips. It just and it's his his brow is what I yeah. noticed. God, he's I can just smell he's always smoke now. He's yeah. always just like looking around the room like, like he has a cigar- migraine. I like the cigarette smoke <laughs> is just kind of burning his eyes ever so gently and. Matt's uh, making the face. He's yeah, making that's the face. face. Panamami cigarette. And you mentioned something else that face. he smokes it with every single one of his fingers. <laughs> yeah, because like, he, he puts it in his mouth with pointer and middle, and, and then, then he takes, takes it, it out, out with, with, with like pinky and thumb, and then he like twirls it around he, the ring finger twice. And then he, like a knuckleball, just <laughs> holds it between like his wrists. Like he's pitching for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates, just like. <laughs> I have more of a Roy Rogers can myself. <laughs> <laughs> just every just like, like he's licking wing sauce off of his fingers. <laughs> God, I want a cigarette. Anyway, so <laughs> no, the, I, there was a moment where you go where he inhaled, and you were like, "Now blow it out, blow it. just blow it out, <laughs> let it out." He was getting really hot, and bothered. they like cut it away. And when they'd cut back the smoke, he'd already done it. And I was like, Carl just got like blue balled by a cigarette. So the scene, what a bummer, he missed the pop shot of Carl <laughs> McLean clouding it out. The the scene in the specific Rip scene off. that turned me into a smoker because listen uh, like listeners to the show will know that Die Hard is a movie that turned me into mm. a smoker <laughs> but the, the the scene in particular is when the police finally show up and he's he's got himself on a floor where he knows that they're probably not going to fuck with them and he's giving up to the police like I'm done the police are here it's your thing it's his first Powell, radio talk with, yeah, with Powell. Powell and Powell says uh, we, we've got it man just smoke him if you got him and he's like where are you partner and then lights the cigarette I'm like I need to go steal cigarettes from the store <laughs> 
and, and that's when nine-year-old the garage. Car, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> when is when is Uncle John coming over so I can steal his Marlboros? I don't even have an Uncle John. Just so you was, just went out. I fabricated an Uncle John. Stole cigarettes oh from my God. old people. I was what I'm I getting. was finding new friends that were smokers and like so about that uh, about that cigarette. Now see, hey, hey there. I might I try one of these, <laughs> these delicious, cigarettes delicious cigarettes that you have. I've never tried one of these before. Ching, doing lighter tricks. Yep. So daydreaming about cigarettes for about two and a half years, and I went to uh, Episcopalian church camp. That's where you smoke. And uh, some the fucking like seventeen year old counselor bought like a carton, like brought two cartons of cigarettes to church camp, and I bought three packs of Marlboro Reds for twenty two dollars. Right, he's like, "Oh, you sell them for it." So I've like never smoked. I never smoked a cigarette before. Three packs to start. Yeah, because it was a week. We you you stayed in the. I didn't know how many cigarettes a person was supposed to smoke. I'm like, three packs. Three sounds like a good amount. A goodly amount for a week at church camp. (laughs) And I smoked my first cigarette, and I was like, and it was amazing. And I'm not gonna. It wasn't. (coughs) I was like, "Mm, yeah, that's nice. That's tasty. Like my body was built to smoke cigarettes. Like John and I re- yeah, and I remember like it was like two o'clock in the morning. Everyone's asleep. I took my flashlight out and I put my, I put my um, my sheet over my head. I thought you were gonna say I, you put my wife no. beater in my, <laughs> no, no, my no, no. dress pants I was that I carried so, with me everywhere I was just in case so I found the cigarette. I was so excited that I had cigarettes that mm-hmm. I I put my sheet up over my head and I had my flashlight tucked under my chin. Did you hop on? No, 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 dude. I pulled out all the cigarettes one by one and I lined them up and I just looked at them. And I would pick them up and I would smell them. Yeah, it was a really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I say I like smoking <laughs> cigarettes, I was like, not kidding. It's I'm gonna curate the list for next season so, uh, so there's, we don't have no any cigarettes. smoking um, uh, at all. Yeah. And then on Christmas Day, I'm gonna play. Thank you for smoking. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so that's a brief history of my uh, my addiction the, to nicotine. The only and Die Hard. The only thing that's ever made me desperately want to smoke cigarettes is every time I read a Hellblazer comic and see John Constantine, oh, John Constantine just lighten those motherfucking silk cuts too, up. Yeah, yeah. Chain smoke silk cuts, and I just looking at it, and I'm like. How bad could it be, really? Well, John Constantine has lung cancer, so pretty fucking bad. There's a whole arc where he tricks the devil into tearing the cancer out of his lungs yes, because he's sure going to die. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty fucking bad. Doesn't make me want to smoke him any less when I read it. But, um, yeah, so uh, you have a few notes. We've all seen yeah. this movie a bunch of times. Yes. We watched a fun version of this f- film today. Did you catch the bit? Oh, I did catch the bit, yeah, because the, the lights in the, the building I liked the back bit too, on, and they're like, annoy them. Yeah, it kind of adds a it it adds a little bit of it, it's interesting because in a weird way that is the only moment before the very end where Hans has made a miscalculation. Yeah, John is always the wild card who comes in and like McLean fucks his shit up, but his plan is sound. Yeah, John is just a wild card and he adapts to him. Uh, um, Gruber adapts to him really well. This is the only moment in the whole thing where you can see him. Just like for one second, like kind of like, like flips, shit. like he ha- shit. And he has Ooh. to think on his feet. Um, oh crap! You can see like that one crack in the armor, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I do love the theatrical cut though, where Gruber just seems like a like the Uber flawless. Yeah. yeah, right until John mm-hmm. McClane fucks him up at the end. I have a, I have a couple notes about Hans Gruber. Yes, 
just he's hot. Beside the fact that it's Alan Rickman and super hot, super fast. We wa- what we watched was called the extended branch cut, and you right. can get it on the ultimate edition it's DVD. Like 62, seconds. 62 extra seconds of footage. Basically, what we're talking about is when the FBI cuts the power, they only cut the power to the building, not the grid. And it doesn't disable the electromagnetic lock. So Theo turns, this is all extra footage. Mm-hmm. Like it's like one minute of extra footage and Theo turns lights on in the building and they're like, shit. So I, they, t- I said, turn them all off. Right. So then they cut right. the grid and then it works. So anyway, no, go ahead. You have notes about Gruber. So there's a couple of, there are a couple of little beats that, that I, I miss and then think about later. And one of them is the Hans Gruber carries around like a little micro planner in his hand. He's constantly writing in it and reading from it. Yeah. And the thing that I noticed today is when he is addressing the crowd for the first time and he's trying to, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, right. I need Joseph Yoshinobu Takagi, right? And yeah. he's reading from the, the from his book and then he closes it and then he's like, where's Takagi? But he constantly has it on him. He's, he's always referring to it and then writing in it. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that I noticed tonight is that the, the little book, the planner or log, essentially. I think right. it's like a log book that he's writing in. Is two thirds of the way finished. It's more. There's more written and then having read from than there is. So my thought is that is his mission log from like day one of planning this heist. Uh-huh. And so just looking at that notebook and knowing where he is in his plan, that's how that's how much back planning and how much had to happen before he even stepped foot in the Nakatomi Plaza Got was two bit. thirds of it's like his playbook of this yeah it's his playbook that's why he refers to it anytime something weird happens he's updating the log in some way and he's right. writing in it and referring to it when I first saw this when I was a kid I thought he was just reading some passage that he wrote to this like when Alexander so whatever like right, he's right. Just re- but no that's I think it's his like tactical log book of everything that he had to do to like orchestrate this huge plan and I think it's a really neat touch. It's interesting that you, I, I, I always, uh, I, I noticed this not, I mean, this time I didn't notice it as much, but I had noticed it in the past, the book, because mm-hmm. it looks like he's going to orate out of it and then he closes it yes. the first time we see it. But the way I'd always thought of it as a Rickman character, uh, like, like a, a character choice. touch, yeah. where he writes things down to remember, not to go back and refer to them, but the act of writing is a way to put it put it in his head. Yeah. If he puts it in his notes, it goes into the filing cabinet in his yeah. head and he's able to process the information. So it's like it's a... It's a really super cool touch. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought of it as a tick and I always yeah. liked it as a character choice. Yeah. Like uh, uh, something about, like you were just talking, um, we were talking the other day about your show and how you had a backstory that no one else knew about, yeah. but it informed your performance. Yeah. I like this this idea that maybe Rickman Rickman's character, his Gruber, has like a like an OCD tick, Fair or enough. like because he he's almost write it down. yeah. And he, uh, I think Danielle, you pointed out that he's really he's really like smooth and always c- pretty cool and collected throughout the whole movie. Yeah, but he for sometimes there's almost like a beat of like like OCD or like low grade. Um, not autism, but like he's he's operating on a higher level than right. His oh, brain yeah. is higher super, intelligence level, yeah. he, higher um, organizational level. Yeah, he had been like you guys, like Carly, you just touched on. He had been planning this for a long time, like years. He, to to the fucking T. In a weird way, I think that the that 
because I know everyone gives Die Hard uh, Four, Live Free or Die Hard, gives them gives that movie shit. But I think Timothy Oliphant's character is the closest very, parallel very in the whole similar. franchise because yeah. he's he's super smart, the, the most oh intelligent God, one in the dude. room. And also, there's the little there's the ticks where his subordinates are incompetent, and he he's just like, has move, to move. I'll do it. Or, or or where he is like getting hooked up to the jet when Oliphant's character is getting hooked up you to have the trouble jet. Trouble there. And well, no, when oh. he, they hook him up to the jet and he, they hand him the headphones and he puts it on and he looks at the guy and he's waiting for the, the tail number. The tail number. And right. he's like, because he's thought of it, but yeah. no one else has. So I don't know. I That's one thing I like about the Oliphant performance because I love Gruber so much. Honestly, Alan Rickman, for me, I will never, uh, Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman are are immaculate in this movie yeah. I, but I, uh, Rickman almost steals the show for I mean, me he does he totally does well that uh, he's very attractive well I, it, I might be saying that because I'm madly in love with him right but there's a, yeah there's does. this whole table is full of like Rickman Lickman love <laughs> yes well oh, yeah. please Alan oh. Lickman um, but no it's yeah we all love Alan Rickman yeah. but like um his his performance is so amazing and so nuanced and I loved Danielle you pointed out that all both of his accents are shit yeah They're, they're so bad. They're his so like bad. Euro it's, accent is yeah. terrible, and his American accent is terrible. Well, his American accent is supposed to be kind of terrible because I mean, John McClane the media surprises is like, him with like, it, mm. and he does it on the fly too. Yeah. And that's oh god, you're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them. Uh, <laughs> don't, oh, kill, don't me, kill me, don't kill me, please. Oh god, god. What I lo- Bill but Clay. How early do you think that McClane <laughs> knows? Because that t- if he if McClane knows right I think away, as soon as he heard his voice. Because Rickman has a super distinct mm-hmm. voice. Because yeah. he stops he stops Gruber from going in to get the gun. Yep. And that's only like 10 feet. Mm-hmm. So he has to be super forceful to keep him in place. And I'm wondering if... I almost feel like... And this is all just complete speculation. I yeah. think that John saw... Was peeping him. He knew... He saw Gruber go, check the wires, do the thing. And then he's like... I'm going to see... It's a tactic to try and get more information from Hans right. and see how he's going to react to being... They're, and they're both... So they're caught. both sounding each other They're both sounding each other right for... There. Yeah, exactly. And they both think they have the upper hand. Exactly. That's so... And if you... Like, coming... That's how I came to it tonight, about yeah. watching it this time. Like, what if John knows and he's been kind of, like, watching him and he sees what he's doing and then surprises him. They're both playing the same game. It reads really fun. Well, they're yeah. both poking each other, and they for information. Neither one of them are giving the other one anything. Right? No, yeah, they actually like neither all. of them learn anything about nope, each zero. other at all. Nope. You um, both learn that they can read a roster. It's like a test of wills. Yeah, because he—that's fucking crazy. Because it's the the bill is WM's. Yeah, William William, William Bill Clay. Clay. Yeah. So it's Bill Clay gets the name right, which either shows that Gruber saw that, picked a name, and knew he would need a name. Yeah. Or, in that two thirds of his planner, knew who worked for this company. Oh, he probably had a name. Pa- he had a, a guest list for the party. He had he, like maybe this is a contingency. Yeah. Where he he sits and when he sees the machine gun, his brain you can see one second where his brain like vroom, vroom, spins up yep. and then he goes contingency plan A. I yep. am now Bill Clay. He, oh he God! He's so smart. You know that he would have thought of a thousand different contingencies. Well, they, That's the, crazy. The scene flash to that um that. Like that roster, yeah. or like wherever that is in in the probably the main lobby or whatever. It's in one of the lobbies or on, the, on the on the floor yeah. of um the the thirtieth floor where everybody mm-hmm. was, um, and he has such a such a photographic memory that he saw that entire list and was like, okay, I know he all does. Those names. He does seem to be the only person on the team 
who has every single one of the moving pieces in his head at oh, all yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Even when stuff is going really sideways on him, he can uh, Gruber f- can know which which stuff to let go. Right, like, and which stuff to yeah. He loses a important? bunch of men at one point, and he loses guns, and he loses a radio, and he. McLean is called the cops. The cops show up. SWAT is there, and his men are all freaking out. And he's like, "Stop!" Fine. It was part of the problem. Yeah, it's a little he, early. Like, he's like, this, "It's a little this early." Is inevitable. But, yeah, he's like, and none. He's like, "This is all. Th- I know this is all like distracting, and your adrenaline's up. None of that's important. The plans. St- these. These. All these pieces are. St- and but when stuff goes wrong, like the detonators, or when McLean starts listening in, and he has to change how he communicates with his men. Yeah. He just, but he just recalibrates the plan. Yep. Gruber's He's an such amazing a good villain. villain. He's an excellent villain. Such a good villain. It's not not the kind of villain that you love to hate. You love him. Like it's just like, <laughs> like it's like I can't well, hate thing, you. You are so smart. Which is crazy because he's, really so well. he he really he's really violent. I love how I love how they show us how smart he is and how fashion sensible he is. And there are these little beats and little moments that like 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 complimenting Takagi for his suit in the elevator and saying that and saying it's John Phillips London I have to myself I have to myself I hear Arafat gets his <laughs> right well. exactly there's that yeah it's and there's a lot of in the same way that they show how intelligent he is they also show that he's not a that, that he how like how evil he is but they again very naturally he never feels bond villainy where he's no, like no not at all well I don't care about human life Blah blah blah. You know, it's he doesn't do any of that big like. We just see him shoot Takagi in the head. Right. And then you can break the locks, can't you? And yeah, you didn't bring me here for my charming personality. And he's like back on track. Right. And like, there's a there's a one cool moment near the end where he loses his cool, and it's when he's ha- called when Bonnie, but well, ha- when Holly, Holly calls, calls him, him a common thief. Yeah. And he goes, "I'm an exceptional thief, Miss Gennaro." And he's like, he's the he only, it's the only moment when he cracks. Because I, one of the things that I noted is, because I always remembered him as being like a big yelly villain. He doesn't, he all. never even one time screams at anyone. The no, only time. No, raises his voice slightly, but. The, no. Yeah, and the, I think. When Carl is freaking out, he's like, that's enough. We need to find that. And then, but he's not yelling. He's, yeah, he's, he's just. He's not he's yelling and screaming. He's and, raised his voice and become forceful. The only time that he raises it, or the, the only time that sticks in my head about when he raises his voice is when he's talking to Takagi, and Takagi's like, I don't have the cords. You're going to have to go fly to Japan. And he goes, sit down. And it's just loud and enunciated. But it's like a dad sit down. Yeah. It's like a sit down right it's like oh yes sir it's like an intense moment in a boardroom meeting Mm -hmm. it's not like i'm a villain and i'm crazy it's just he he owns a room he owns every room he's in and Mm. i always i loved that Mm -hmm. about this movie (laughs) i love him how you doing over there daniel She's I love right. him so much. Might need, you might get her sit on a paper towel. Yeah, let me get you. <laughs> Carl already knows it. I'm. Uh, I know. That's why you have them. Alan Rickman on a dinosaur. That's fine. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. We actually watching this movie. We talked about doing an Alan Rickman month next year. Just yeah. oh, can I please? <laughs> please can I? I don't know no, if we should now. No, I don't think we should. No, nope. think we should. Oh, no. She's not ready so for it. I don't think so. <laughs> that's so mean. Um. This we'll just do ones where it just features his voice and not his actual, but like <laughs> oh we'll my do God. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No, he reads, the worst he, ones. on YouTube you can find um, oh my God, he voice plays over him. He plays Marvin. Yeah, Marvin, yeah. <laughs> no, he can. Um, he sure does. There are, there are recordings of him on YouTube reading um, sonnets from Shakespeare, oh, and it's amazing. the most amazing thing. There's, there's something, there's a quality to his to his voice and to his I, t- I mentioned at the end of the movie as we were getting there he has this really uh you know when robert how robert downey jr has his own 
pace. Yes. Like when you you could hear dialogue with like read by a computer, and if it sat, if it had that rhythm, you'd know it was Robert was, Downey right, Jr. Right, yeah. Alan Rickman has this very like this immaculate control of the pace when he goes like for example he, he bleeds lines together and then he'll slow down parts within a single sentence like at the end when the FBI comes and cuts the power and he goes er, in um, he's like the the one thing that we could never do is done automatically in the case of a terrorist threat you asked me for a miracle I give you the FBI I. Yeah. Oh, he blends beautiful. two sentences together with no punctuation. The circuits that cannot and be then, cut. Uh, cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he cuts it, and and he, and then he like pumps the brakes on the acronym so much slower than you. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Like he he speaks lines like a musician playing mm-hmm. a piece. It's it's he's it, his pace is fucking awesome. Actually, that pops up a lot in his performance as Snape. Yes. Yes. Which we're not talking about, no, but no. <laughs> but, but no, like, very similar. Like, and it's a very I, Alan Rickman thing. It's like, a Rickman thing. Yeah, it is. It is a Rickman thing. But that's but it, where I notice it the the most. It's like is a Walkenism or a Rickmanism or a like at the, or Robert certain, Downey Jr. Yeah, or, certain actors have developed a cadence to the way they speak dialogue, which doesn't affect the individual character that they're playing, which right. is a, such a weird thing that like you would think that that would distract from like Alan Rickman playing two different characters right because the cadence of his speech is still alan rickman yeah but he's playing two different characters but it doesn't interfere it doesn't get in the way with no it's it's just a it ends up just being like a really unique speech pattern um and speaking of actors who have like nicholas cage (laughs) no he's so far he has so many different performance styles (laughs) no i'm talking uh bruce willis this we were talking. This movie comes out in '88. Yeah. And the movie that I always think of as Bruce Willis. I know he has moonlighting, but I'm mm-hmm. just totally not aware of it. So the movie I always think of as like Bruce Willis, like my introduction. I always forget that what's Die Hard Two is '92. Mm-hmm. So he has two fairly big action movies and then Pulp Fiction. Right, but yeah. my intro to him, I think, is <clears throat> Pulp Fiction. Interesting. So you really do see this is 1988. When is Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon was like 88, 89, yeah. So around the, the same, same time. Because yeah. this movie to me is the, like, when you think of like 80s, hey, when you someone says 80s action movie, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've for, for the yeah, Patreon. Like first, for me, it's like First Blood, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon. Like, those are my... Yeah, I mean, first, like, for, there's a bunch of franchises that came out around this. And like, First, first Blood, ha- it has its own unique feel. I haven't seen. I think seen it's a brilliant fucking movie. First Blood, yeah, yeah, I love it too. I love all the Rambo movies, but for whatever reason, Die Hard seems special to me. Because mm-hmm. um, we've just watched. I mean, we just watched everything. We just watched all of this shit. We've we've watched so many Die Hard movies, but all of the Die Hard. But none of them are like this, and I realized partly why. Well, for starters, all the other Die Hard movies have McLean running around trying to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. I realized while we were watching this that McLean's not actually trying to beat the bad guys. He's at trying all. to get out of the way and let the thing happen. He sees the the police and FBI failing. He's like, if I don't do something right now, this is going to get fucked right now. Yeah, this is this is interesting because in Die Hard Two, he's trying to. Thwart the bad guys so Holly's plane can land. In Die Hard 3, he's trying to thwart the bad guys so he can stop a terrorist attack. He's the aggressor. He's pushing back. And he also got called out by the terrorist in that one, too, which is a unique yeah, element yeah, but, where Simon actually pulled him into the 
He didn't have a choice. What I he was he was enjoying a nice hangover. But he has mm-hmm. in the other ones he has active motivation. Yeah, where exactly. he is he's he's doing things. He's mm-hmm. pushing back against him. He's poking the bear. He's on the offensive. I realized while I was watching this movie that while he does a ton, it's not like he's standing around doing nothing. He has fairly passive motivation. Yeah. He's on the defensive. Yes, the, the whole time. movie. And that's part of what makes it work so well. That's why he's he's going to hold up. As soon as the police show up, he's like, I'm going to find a quiet corner in this computer lab area. I'm going to sit next to the window and I'm going to smoke cigarettes until the police breach or do whatever. They yeah. Do. He doesn't say like, he's like, you know, like smoke, how like, can I help? They're yeah. like, we'll take it from here. He's like, he's like they're all right, yours. They're all yours. You got it. And he sits it out. And then the LAPD shows themselves as completely I mean, incompetent. S- SWAT shows up. The FBI shows up. And a couple times, even after they start fucking up, he's just like, he, what are you guys doing? Fuck. He'll, Shit, fuck you guys. What's wrong with you? Right, but he'll even right. he'll even just like find a place to, he'll he'll do what he can. And then he goes and to to neutral to minim, like minimize the damage and then he goes and finds another place to hole up and yep. he's like fuck, okay, now. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. All he wants is yeah. to sit it out and let the cops do their job, but the cops are so bumbling and incompetent. Which not- is the one problem that I have with this movie. I think it does stand up as a near perfect action movie. The only issue I take with it is that the LAPD is just a little bit too bumbling. Kick ass. That too. It's, it's a little bit too the SWAT. The SWAT captain is way far too gung ho, and Johnson like, and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson are actually Family company. No, Johnson and Johnson are very effective. They they're a little bit, but they they whatever oh, they set job, up, at mean? their job, whatever they set out to do, they do. They cut the power, they cut the power. They're they're doing the playbook. They accomplish what they want right. to do, but they haven't taken into account the any in, of the other information yeah. that they have. But that, that's one thing that I because I was trying to build a defense as we were watching it. Yeah. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I was you you pointed out you're like oh dispatch is so well that's stupid. The, yeah from from you any intelligent dispatcher that. <laughs> One, you get a false fire alarm. Fine, that's a weird thing. We talk to the building security, whatever. It's and now it's you have fine. a guy being. But like, now you got a guy screaming over a CB on an unauthorized channel, and then you hear gunfire on that same channel, and he or even, something that sounds strange. I think it's interesting that John McClane makes it clear what that he knows which channel he's on. To yeah. at the beginning goes, this, this is, is channel, channel nine. nine. Yeah. So he breaks he it. He breaks into the emergency line. And so that dispatcher is like. Oh, it came from the same address. Oh, that's weird. Let's see if black and white can do a drive-by. No, that is a clear fucking red flag. You immediately call your fucking desk sergeant and be like, we got a fucking problem at Nakatomi. Yeah. We got to send people like Like something Something is happening at Nakatomi. Don't just have a fucking squad car. At the end of his shift. At the end of his shift, do a once around in the goddamn atrium. Like, what's wrong with you? Well, I looked Uh, at the... It doesn't look like there's any damage out here or whatever. I I looked at the building and... It doesn't look like there's any disturbance. Any disturbance. Yeah, exactly. He's driving around and he's like, well, it looks like a building, so I'm going to go home. I got all these Twinkies to eat. Like, what no, the fuck? he didn't though. He parked. And he's like, I'm, no, he I'm going to go check it out. Just he in case. did. The I, but he that's also much? half assed too because he walks. He he talks in the lobby. Oh yeah, he talks he in walks, the building. He's like, oh fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm going home. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He takes like oh, three this, oh, steps hell, down this, the this hall, is yeah, which is good because yeah. he would have been killed. Yeah, killed. Yeah. <laughs> to the I'm. I'm making it obvious that I'm covering my ass terrorist at the front desk. Dude, I love that guy. I got oh, I bet 50 bucks. Hello, uh, Mr. Gruber, hold on. There's a man at the door and he wants to come in. Should I let him in? Uh, yes, ma- uh, let him in. Speak with him. 
Oh, okay, I'll go over and talk to him. Opens the door. Hey, hi, Dan. Hey, man. Good evening, officer. How are you? Hey, what hey, seems to be the trouble, we officer? We got them sports games on the Now, listen here. I'm, yeah. I'm over here watching American football. I've placed a, uh, a monetary wager on it, <laughs> and I'll tell you uh, what. 50 U.S. American I'm gonna, dollars I'm going to put my feet up on these on these fancy monitors. Yeah, I'm leaning back pretty hard. Yeah, I'll tell you what. see my cowboy boots from Dallas, Texas. Oh, oh, you still here? <laughs> oh, and I love you still it. here? I love it when uh, what's his what's the cop's name? I forget his name. Al, Al Powell. Al Powell. When when Powell's like, mind if I take a look around? He doesn't even turn around. He, he waves at him. Like, Meh. And he's like, I can't be bothered. Red team's playing blue team right now. <laughs> we got the sports game on I the teleboob. I have fifty of your American dollars on uh on the <laughs> on red the, team. On I mean, these assholes. I mean our American dollars because that's where I'm also from here. <laughs> I'm just like I love that he says I got fifty bucks bet on them assholes. <laughs> Um, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's the worst. Yeah. His, his accents, I like though. Like of all of the shit accents in this, his, he does like yeah. a, he has like a good trashy Euro trash accent going. And then his Texan is just like, it sounds just weird <laughs> enough that you're like, yeah, that sounds like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exactly like sounds how legit. non-American, non-Texan yeah. Americans, right. when they do Texas accents, that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Yep. And Dwayne... Dwayne is a shithead. Like everyone is a shithead on the LAPD. The principal oh from si- from the yeah. Well, the 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 hall from monitor Breakfast from Club. Breakfast Club or the the detention. Dwayne from up here doesn't look like Dwayne. you're in charge of jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then who's I'm uh, not the one that's got butt fucked on national TV? Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> Jesus, dude, he sits on that guy's name <laughs> for like four. Seconds. Camps out saying that dude's Dwayne. name. Dwayne. However, Dwayne does have my like one of my five favorite <laughs> lines in the whole movie. Who is this guy, Powell? I think he's a badge. He's like knowing stuff, like how to spot a fake ID. Jesus Christ, Powell. <laughs> Could be a fucking bartender for all we know. One of the best lines yeah, in the movie. Is. Jesus Christ, Powell. Crazy, dude. Fucking asshole. It's like it's <laughs> it's like he's just discovering how delightful the two words Jesus Christ <laughs> right. are. He's like, ooh, those fit together like peanut butters and feel jellies. this in my mouth. Jesus Christ, Powell. It's so amazing. His <laughs> face too, and he says it. it, swallows it. <laughs> and then we have uh, Beardy Cokehead. Okay, so oh god, back in the day. So can we make this happen, Bobby? I'm your white knight, knight. with so, all of his teeth showing. So you know how we how we hate how people can't do a drug in a movie. Yes, I buy that Ellis is doing cocaine the entire time. I dig it too. Yep. Oh my god, dude. he is so I'm like. <laughs> I've been a, I've worked in restaurants yeah. long enough. I've been around a lot of like cocaine. that dude is that dude has done some blow in his day. Yeah, because it's authentic, man. He's doing like a couple key bumps before he goes in to uh, talk yeah. to fucking Hans. I'm like, dude, he's like reefing him too. Like, boop, boop. they're echoing in the fountain. Just boop, boop. he tooting like hard. You can hear the air going in his deviated septum it's like from where he's creates, burned it out, creating yeah. a whistle effect. It's like. Boop. It's crazy because you're you're totally like honestly even because it's it, like you when you watch drug movies you see like right. actors doing drugs pretty good like watch Panic in Needle Park and oh watch Blow and you see some pretty good drug you see some good there, yeah. but like in Die Hard to see some to even see anyone do a key bump I'm like look at that huh. he just 
He just rocked a little key bump there. <laughs> He's a goop, goop, so, pr- goop, so proud goop. of you. Just a quick little. I just love how it echoes <sighs> in the fountain. It's like, scoop. I do million dollar deals for breakfast. breakfast. I think I can handle it. Let's do a tie up. But when he, I'm honestly, I'm not convinced he didn't really do a line of coke before, before Takagi and no, before Takagi oh. and Bruce Willis walk, or I mean McLean walk into the office, and he's getting up and he's like, he like passed the desk. Oh, up. I he's think like, Hart Bachner probably did a like, little bit of cocaine. I was, I was uh, making a phone call. Making a phone call. And John's <laughs> miss some, miss some. That. Well, I love Takagi's line where he's like, "Hey, uh, hello, Alice. This is uh, Holly's <laughs> Holly's husband, Holly's yes. policeman." policeman. Yes. <laughs> he's like, he's like mm-hmm. you are in here doing drugs. drugs. And he's a policeman. So, <laughs> Just so we're all yeah. got on a little that. on your got a little powdered yeah. donut action on your uh Ellis <laughs> Cop behind me. <laughs> it's just like it's just... <laughs> Cop behind me. Uh, yes. Nice. So I didn't realize he's celebrated Christmas in Japan, and your nose is bleeding. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> when McLean turns around to like do witty repartee, he is just like staring, staring at like, Alice, like you fucking coke fiend. You are a hopeless piece of and shit. And also, like that is a cool detail because that's yeah. the cop in McLean. He went over to the desk to look yep. for coke residue. Yes, he sure did. He walked right behind the desk and looked, and he can see that that is not. That yeah. is not going to get the coke off it. <laughs> no. You could probably lick it and get a little high. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know how many, because if he was like halfway through four lines and a cop walks in and he has to like just, you do that thing where you grit your teeth and you're then like, you oh, that's swipe a, three that's lines onto the, onto the carpet and you're like, ah, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> show, show him the watch. Show it's, the watch. It's, it's a Rolex. His voice. You're when you pointed it out, I started hearing it. Yeah, his his laugh is so obnoxious and high pitched. Like, <laughs> check out the watch. His his like regular speaking like, voice is goes madness. Judge Dread Zone. When he gets on the radio later in the fucking movie, hey, John and he's boy. like, Hey, hey John. John boy, Ellis, yeah. It's like super right. deep and it's so low and he's like, you almost hear McLean be like, okay, before we go any further, why are you talking like that? Is that because that's how you think I talk? Do you think... Do you think that's how like... Are you doing that Are you doing your businessman voice? Well, and in is the, this your, there's the business tactic. Is this tactic. how you talk to the Nala or the Hebes or well, the Camel Jockeys? <laughs> is that how you talk to them? Ellis sure does sling around he some does, slurs. Does. He, he goes like, he is a trifecta. It's like, okay, by politics, I uh, pissed off at the camel jockeys, the heaves, nah, it's none of my business. None of my so business. Like, Jesus Christ. Man upstairs. Wow. Well, even um, even Hans Gruber was like, wow. He's like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> Even Hans Gruber's like, he's like, he's like, like looking around whoa. the room. He's like, guys, I'm sorry. This man is, <laughs> this is he's insensitive. I'm going to get him out of here. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> we're going to shoot him in the head like five minutes. He's killed people and he's like, this is offensive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's very dry, like dryingly mocking him. Like, oh, you are, you are bright. You are There's, so, you you are got so this bright. all figured out that, on your own. That's my, you? oh my God. <laughs> Rickman's face, his like, and you figured all this out on your own already. That's remar- you truly are remarkable. Yeah. And he looks like stroking that ego. Yeah, he, he knows he like, has. You can see like on the surface, if you just watched the scene and only saw his face, you'd be like, he's impressed. But when you hear his voice, like right mm. below the surface is that like 
I oh look at you with your <laughs> little song you foolish man like it's it's oh my god I love that little moment and you figured all this out by yourself it's truly <laughs> my <laughs> come on John hey John, John. boy how long we know that John <laughs> Hey, John, John, let's put the gun away. This is radio, not television. What are we doing here? <laughs> what do you think? I'm some kind of method actor? Put Hans, the gun away. Hans, baby. John, how can you say that after John? all these years? Yeah. John. Bubby? You know why he's breathing so hard? It's because his it nose is packed with... That and his heart's going like 180. <laughs> Is that well, is that what happens when yes. you when you do you cocaine turn into a Looney Tunes? Yeah, uh, yep. I mean, oh. occasionally you throw yourself into an alley <laughs> every once in a while. Uh, yeah, I've only tried it two times. I was not impressed. Um, I did. My laugh got really like <laughs> a lot of that. Is that why you weren't impressed? <laughs> How about I give a pool? <laughs> I'll break. Oh my god! Ooh. Actually, though, that's kind. Of, Carl is not wrong. That's pretty much exactly what it is. You're at the bar. You go into the bathroom. You come out of the bathroom, and you're like, "All right, guys, rack them up, rack them up, rack them a sack, rack them a sack." Hey, don't hog the chalk. Don't you bar go with that chalk, my friend. All right, I just Ooh, broke one. Now, halfway through the game of pool, singles. you're like, hey, let's quit. Uh, why don't we stop playing uh, pool here? And who's got more coke? <laughs> right. Anybody? Anybody? Any? Boy, I feel bad all of a sudden. I feel so bad. That's why I wasn't yeah. impressed. It's like 20 minutes of an awesome day, and then all of a sudden you're like, I feel like shit, I think is the word. I think I have to poop <laughs> and cry. Hmm. I, whoa, I think I have the flu all of a sudden. Right. It's crazy. It's, it's Suddenly I feel like I have anthrax. This is horrible. Not worth it. <laughs> Definitely not. I was, yeah, I was like young, young 20s, and I'm like, hey, let's get her. But if you can find another bag, it's not too bad. <laughs> See? Now, there's your problem Man, right that's there. That's the problem. Then you're like, I just got paid today. Why uh, Why am I overdrawn $38? <laughs> I, get paid, I get paid a lot. Overdrawn. <laughs> I emptied the whole bank account? Jesus. Did I really do that? <laughs> like I got paid what? 45 minutes ago. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Hey, John boy. Hey, John boy. <laughs> so yeah, don't do drugs. Yeah, drugs are bad. They're not ever worth it, except for weed. For weed. Weed is always worth it. All right. If Ellis was on weed instead of cocaine, that conversation would be completely different. Dude. Like, Ellis would Hans would be like, up. you know what? Wait a minute. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, this is fine. Wait, like, we're good. <laughs> Reimagining. <laughs> Takagi opens Holly Gennaro's door, and you hear... That's a record scratch, because oh, he, he turns... He takes Iron Butterfly off. Oh, He's like, oh, hey. Sorry I'm in your office. Oh, not yours. Whose is it? Well, I guess Holly. it's yours, because Takagi, you, you like, own this whole be. place, it's man. all your office. Dude, we're all... But because we all work for you, they're kind of all all our offices, yeah. right? Because we're all just one big Fucking thing. holidays, man. God, Christmas, Christmas just makes me feel dude. so much more like connected to Did you open my present everyone. for you yet? It's awesome. It's really cool. It's a watch. Dude. A Rolex. Oh, it's a Rolex. So cool. it's like hey, well, you must be Holly's g- dude guy. I heard you guys are going like through a bummer time, man. I'm like really sorry. I'm pulling for shit. you, though. Like, 
Some things but are just man. meant to be. But man, What's your name? John McClane? You want I'm some gonna, weed? I'm going to call you John Boy. Because yeah. that's like... Because we're all just children. Yeah. Children <laughs> we're all just like, of the world, man. If we could always think... In a, and then later... Don't be a dick to your wife, man. <laughs> later when Holly's like... Ellis, don't fucking go talk to me. He's gonna be like, he you're just, totally right. He, he eats a cookie. He's he just like, like, he's like, give me forty five minutes. I'm gonna go talk to him. No, gets, no, 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 no. All right, that Eddie, that Eddie's kicking time. in. That Eddie completely in forgets in. what he's doing. Just yeah, goes and chills like, on the couch with the pregnant lady. He starts peeing in the fountain. Is like, that's so cool, man. <laughs> I got the case of the giggles. Did anyone else? See that? <laughs> he still has he the still exact has same, exactly but it turns into coughing exactly. at the end. <laughs> I'm really fucking high, man. Man, these guys are like really bombing this party out. I really kind of want to see this version of Die Hard now. Reimagining where <laughs> Ellis Hans, is like in giving Han some weed yeah, or oh an God. edible. You got, you well, got when he goes in, he, when they finally does, he wanders. He doesn't even that go made in me and negotiate. Feel high doing that, talk, by the way, <laughs> the does. back of my head's a little warm. <laughs> he doesn't even go into to negotiate with him. He just wanders into the room. With his, he's like hitting his jam. He's like, "Oh man, I thought this was like the bathroom." Um. Hey, you want to hit off of this man? And then Gruber's like, no, everything I do is tightly controlled. And he's like, well, yeah, but like one, just like loosen you up, man. Like make you think more creatively. You, I bet this heist would get You're like, like super tight right now. Do you need yeah, like, to relax? I can it. see the tension in your shoulders. If I bet one toe and this, this heist just goes like two times better. Yeah. You heard the like clockwork. Bro. And Gruber's like, well, I've never tried it before, but maybe now is the time. 10 minutes later. It all started with my mother. <laughs> she just never appreciated my... <laughs> hey, man, just let that it's out, so good. dude. You, it's great. Do you, you want some do you pizza? Want, do you want a hug, man? That guy looks bummed. Uh, you know what? Yes, his brother just died. Oh, hugs dude, are, hit this. Hugs are, hugs, are, <laughs> hugs are free, man. Hugs are free. Come here. Come here. Bring it in. Bring it up until I have the best hugs, man. Bring it in. <laughs> he still dies because he's Ellis yeah. and we don't like him. But like, so he, but he dies and he's just on the ground. He's like, what, man? That was Shit, fucking. That really sucked. That was like, that was lame. If I had to go, Hans, I'm glad you were here with me, man. Yeah, I feel like we had a great connection there. <laughs> I wish I would have done Supergirl. Totally different. He did do Supergirl. I know. Oh. <laughs> totally different movie. So you know I want to make a t-shirt, right? My sister and I have had an idea for a t-shirt for many, many years. Mm -hmm. It's this very simple t-shirt design. It's just I yeah. and a heart. Yes. And Bachner. Bachner? And then his face. Alice's <laughs> face going. <laughs> the, I, the donkey bray? The donkey bray. Mid bray. Mid bray. My I heart Bachner. My favorite uh, Bachner face moment in this is when he sits down to to negotiate and he does that mm, the mouth thing and then he smiles and he's got that like coke sweat and his yep. hair is stuck to his forehead and that top layer of teeth. All curled it's all back. teeth. Well, because he's, he's got the nummies. Yeah. <laughs> Can't feel his face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just like sitting there, that, that fucking, oh God, that laugh. I'm like, you could pack so much stuff like in the space where his teeth aren't because his smile's <laughs> too big. Sometimes when people smile, I'm like, oh, you know, it's great to smile. Dial that down a little. Right. Uh -huh. You need <laughs> to be like a bunch less fucking happy than you are. How about this? You're not as smart as you think you are. 
your mom doesn't love you as much as you think. There you go. Oh, well, That's perfect. Is. Smile like that. There you, you've got it. You've got. Oh, you're smiling too big again. <laughs> you're kind of dumpy in those pants. There, perfect. Go look in a mirror. That's your smile. <laughs> Muscle memory. Remember where you are right now. Ellis is one of those people. <laughs> um, God, uh, can we talk about specifically how the the deterioration of John McClane yes. from the start oh, of man. the terrorist thing to the it's one of my favorite things in this movie. I think it one of the 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 best possible expression for it is Holly's line when she sees him come out of the flames and he goes he comes out and he's like Holly and she Can't goes even very speak anymore. Yeah. She goes, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she speaks for the audience. Yeah. When he comes around that corner and we it's, oh my God, yeah. dude. She's like, holy f- she, like Jesus you can Christ. The, what and uh, we talked about kind because of, she's only in the first two movies mm-hmm. and then that actress goes away. Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah, Bonnie Bedelia, yes. Um, and then two, they don't really give her a whole lot to chew on. No, she's just on the plane trying to. She's got some fun she's jokes. She's kind of dicking around with Dick Thornburg, and that's about it. Yeah, she. They give her. They give her some laughs, and they give her like a fun taser. But uh, yeah, all she's got is laughs, and then that one moment at the end, yeah. where she's like, oh, "I'm hugging you," but she's really, that's John's. Lot. She moment. has a lot of business in this. Movie, she which works is in this, and it's great because you can see you actually see her act. Mm-hmm. And her, you, you, I saw like for real. You see for real horror yes. on her face when she sees John. It's like she's. It's almost like she wants to, to step back yeah, from because she. The, the thing is fucking great. Is she she has known that it's John the doing all this stuff, but she. I don't think ever she ever imagined what that physical toll on toll him would, would be. have been. She sees the effects that he's having, right? And but I think I she, don't think had, she ever had a consideration what. No, and and how happy she is too. Like when that guy, uh, when Carl's like smashing yeah. up the shit, she's he's like, like John. He's like he's still alive. Yeah. What? Only John could make someone that crazy. And she, I think in her head, she sees him as like this Superman who's yep. running around and he's, you know, dropping C4 down a bomb shaft and then ha, 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 running away. But when she finally sees what it's cost him to do all this, it's like she she cringes back from him like mm-hmm. he's a fucking monster. Yeah. She's like, Jesus Christ. He's coming out of the shadows with a machine gun. That's one of my favorite reveals in I know. any movie is him walking down that corridor. Oh, my God. Because we've seen him. We've seen him bloody. For some reason, him coming into Holly's view it's, through the shadows and you have the sparks behind him. And he's, yeah, he's fully dark. Oh and then we God. see him walk kind of into the light and we see him for the first. Well, we see this, the the first, we see her see him for the first right. time. And honestly, that shot could be straight out of Alien. Yeah. It's like a horror movie yeah. shot. He is so bloody that that graze, the bullet graze on his shoulder. Yeah, but look, That's I thought gnarly, he got shot. Yeah. It's gnarly the as fuck, dude. The effects on him, the the blood, the blood the is sweat, insane. The, the makeup the, is the dirty wife beater that he oh. then ties around his feet. The way he walks, um, yeah, he's he's like can't like acting as if he had walked on glass. He wasn't mm-hmm. overdoing it, right. but it was just enough to be like, ooh, yeah, he he tore up his. feet. And this like is something we in the amount of exhaustion. It's a slow burn on him too. You see John get slowly more depleted. Like the tank is getting more and more empty. Right. And There's only so much. He just keeps finding that little bit of of a reserve. At the end, when he tags Hans and and 
horrible security guard. Yeah, you can tell that's, so that's, far that's, that's that, like it. That your adrenaline Hans can take in the Texan. you. Hans in the Texan. But they see, uh, I think, because you, you still see the, like, the when even when he fights Carl, his adrenaline kicks in and he goes feral, but where we really see it is in the moments between. Mm-hmm. When he, because when he sits down and he's like, smoke him if you got him, way ahead of your partner. He's pretty tired. But he's, he's tired, okay. but he's, he's doing all right. Some of those later shots, like, especially after he's. In the he's, bathroom? Yeah, when he, after he's walked on the glass. He's done. They're, oh my god And we've talked about this but Like Danielle just brought up the, <clears throat> What the fuck were you doing, doing up the there Sarah. What were you looking for up there Hans I, I gotta go lay off for a while I gotta check something out yeah. And you see him He wants He doesn't want to do it He wants to cash his chips it's in like, He's god like god damn it What were you doing He's in the fuck. bathroom And he ties it up And he's like I'm getting a, I ties his feet up And he's like I'm getting a weird feeling So tell my wife And then he does that awesome Amazing That's what um, I love amazing that Amazing monologue But that you was get a really good monologue You get the sense that he's He's punching the words out of his mouth He can't even barely speak them He's like ah, He's got Tell her, man. Ah, Physical fuck. pain, God emotional pain. Just, oh my God! And the adrenaline, yep. and his. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, like goodbye. people don't ever think about this. Because Part of it's actually the pain of his <laughs> physical. Like damage that is yeah, done, and the pain he's of really what he's hurt. saying. It's but all of it's happening at the same time. One of the things that I love that I love to watch in movies, and I think this is something that most people who like just watch, kind of like or casually watching flicks, don't always pick up on. But like tinnitus is. Really distracting And it fucks with you Like if you've I know you have The ringing in the ears Yeah no I definitely know you have But anyone who's been around Like a lot of gunfire For a prolonged period of time Especially without hearing protection Mm -hmm. Like when you're walking around uh, Like if we're If you're out at camp And you're shooting a bunch And you don't have your ear Like earplugs in all the way Or whatever When you get back to camp And you're sitting around And people are talking to you it's almost hard to concentrate because yeah, your ears are here, like right back here. That. Yeah, but it's like behind your ears. Yeah, and yeah. you have that like ring, and it also you've got that like cotton feel. Yep, and you're like you just want to clear them, so you're like you can't concentrate on what people are saying. You can't really talk that well. It's it fucks with you. Yep, like just the amount of hearing damage that he would have suffered in this would really have messed him up. Yeah, and you can in that monologue, I can almost like, not specifically tinnitus, but like you can kind of see just the. That going on where he's just like you can he's like his eyes are he's like moving his mouth and he's kind of clenching it and part I don't know this like when I watch John Wick that's one of the things that I like about John Wick is after all the, the gunfire stuff you can see him like he's like moving his head around because yep. he's just like hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of rounds, rounds next yeah. to his head <laughs> but um yeah uh, you brought up the uh, Daniel you brought up when he's wa- that during the reveal after he cuts his feet up he does walk like he's been walking on glass yeah he's he's, he's toward the end his his adrenaline like is building its way back up but he's he's limping not in an exaggerated oh and I'm now I'm an actor and I'm limping right it's it, because this is what I've been told to do the the tender Walking the, that performance note is so spot on, and this is something we've talked about for all the diehards that we've mm-hmm. talked about. Bruce Willis, whatever, like man aside, you know, like personal stuff aside, Bruce Willis is honest to god a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, there's a couple actors who get shit. Sylvester yeah. Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the action heroes, yeah. oftentimes are like, well, they're action heroes, but I mean, fuck, dude. Yeah, like, it wasn't over exaggerated anything. No, he's it was he's very realistic. Amazing. Yeah, it was very realistic. Wait, you're smiling. No, I was just thinking the the walking the walking with the the bloody feet. The effect on that, it's very subtle. He's leaving his one foot is leaving a print 
of red blood behind him the entire time he's walking. Right. So he has some sort of apparatus on him that is, is constantly feeding blood to something. So the effects department has done something because when he's walking, he's leaving It could be a, a slow leak bag yeah. under or but it's under just a like, sponge. But those fucking details, man. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the detail. The effects amazing. people, the makeup people, all of everyone, the, uh, most of these movies, honestly, yeah. most of the Die Hard movies, it's very hard to to find like well there's a there's a bit of an issue there like the the makeup people the stunt people yeah jelly knees man all i gotta say is jelly knees jelly (laughs) jarnies jelly Jelly jarnies jarnies. (laughs) have either of you cut the bottom of your foot open yeah i stepped on a nail when i was a kid and it went right through my foot that was pretty bad it's awful it's awful i scraped my foot on a on a nail Mm. actually just a few years ago did you awful. actually? I'm curious about this. When I stepped on the nail, I stepped on it. It was on a small board. I stepped on it, took two more steps, pulling the board up with me, and then I because I didn't feel it at all. And then I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And I stepped on the board with my other foot and pulled my foot off it, and that's when I started to like, feel it. Yeah, but like at, the nerves. Yeah, yeah. But like for that, I, it was probably like 20 seconds before I even felt the nail. Like, why is this board stuck? Yeah, I was like, "What the shoe? fuck?" And I just couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh, it's stuck in my boot. I thought it was like a little tack or something in my boot. And then I pulled and I saw something disappear from the top of my boot. And I was like, what the? And then I saw there was like a four inch nail that had gone through my foot. And I was like, ah, and then I hurt. The worst part was before they could do, because I got my tetanus shot or whatever. And they had to, you know, seal it up and make sure. I don't know what the fuck they did. I was young. But I know that they irrigated it. And the way they irrigated it was to make a, a wider apparatus yeah, in the needle. They yeah. they clipped the uh, they broke the tip of a needle off and stuck the needle into my foot and then sprayed water through the hole. That hurt a hundred thousand times worse than the nail did. And seeing John McClane's feet made me think, yeah because yeah. if oh no God. it took it took me back to and it wasn't even to the extent of like somebody walking on a lot of broken glass oh when he pulls that chunk that out trunk. Oh, that and you hear it in the sink oh, oh. it's That's brutal the worst. it's brutal because you only see the foot once with the glass in it the yeah. rest of it is just him it's when he's got it in the sink yeah yeah and that blood, oh, there's so much mm-hmm. blood. It's good too. The it's blood really in this, good it, with blood. like one exception, the blood in this is awesome. Yeah. It's that for, that guard by the elevator. Oh yeah. Um, for oh, those, yeah. that blood does not look no. that great. No. It's like, oh no, they shot the ketchup packets in his shirt. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, he's probably bleeding under those, but man, those ketchup packets blasted. Well, you were calling McLean uh, ketchup feet for ketchup a while. Ketchup feet for me. Oh, ketchup. <laughs> this, oh, I have a McLean ketchup funny feet. ketchup packet story. Well, when he's actually in. when he's when he's kicking at the glass when he's hanging from the fire hose, oh, it looks like ketchup God. packets exploding under his feet. But it's that's disgusting. such a great yeah. moment because he's he's got to get through that window yeah. and he's bang 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 and all the blood is and it's with the cut up feet that he's yeah, kicking that, the that fucking pulled, glass that with. Pulled with that, it, with it, that and it doesn't give you very yeah. long to sit with it, so you can totally no. glaze it. But when we do something like this yep. and watch it and sit down and You're talk like, about oh, it, fuck no, he's kicking it with like, the. Even think about Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is on the outside of a building, like, and he had to trust that they got glass that he wasn't going to kick through and yeah. fuck his himself up really like, bad because he's correct barefoot. Safety glass, yeah, right. Oh God, adrenaline, wa- man. Watching McLean. I'm sorry, watching Bruce Willis, the actor, watching that actor, like, stomping that glass. I'm like, Bruce Willis is not a light guy. He's no. big and muscular. That What glass did they get 
that is safe enough for him to just be booting like that. Because he is. He's kicking the shit out of that glass. And it's you see the blood like smearing yes. with every kick. Oh, oh it's so good. It's so good though. Yeah. Oh, what a great what a that's great, when I called him ketchup feet. That is when you called him ketchup feet. Um maybe the best Maybe the second best headshot I've ever seen in a movie is when Takagi gets shot and that mm-hmm. like paint bucket hits the wall. Bam! Oh, or the like window. A, like a whole plate of spaghetti and meatballs just got tossed at the I window. I think that's the key to doing a good gunshot effect is when like you want to, because actually Pulp Fiction, when they shoot Marvin in the head, yeah. hits the back windshield. I think you have to get the blood to hit the window hard and fast because yeah. the impact with which Takagi's brains hit that glass, you're like, Ooh. oh, oh. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And then when you and then when he went back to that that room like w- a while later, you saw that stain on the floor. There's uh, that tipped over chair still, mm-hmm. and the stain on, on the floor that's not a little bit of brain matter in it. Yeah. Oh. Well, What's really on the floor? Uh, with the, yeah, I mean it's not the floor. Yeah, but even more so the well, door. The, yeah, yeah. The he door, goes through the, the glass door and, and there's brain and, brain and bone matter all over, over yeah. that. And he like pushes through the door and you can see you see up oh. close and you're like it's really gnarly. It's so good. On our table. <laughs> Where are you going, pal? <laughs> Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. <laughs> what? Teach the advice. Why are you Arnold all of a sudden? Yeah, that's yeah. how that one guy sounds. <laughs> Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. And vote for me in November. I don't yeah, know. I don't have an Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't have any. The gummy, the gummy bear the gummy of Candicarnia. <laughs> Sorry, that's from an Austrian Death Machine album, which if you guys <laughs> if you guys haven't listened to Austrian Death Machine. No, I, I have. Oh, fucking, the chopper is fucking amazing. I love that band, man. <laughs> I think we've talked about them on the show before, yeah. but they're amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Did... I think we've t- and again it's we've talked about on the show before. I saw Die Hard three first, and I've always mm-hmm. I always claim like Die Hard three is my favorite Die yeah. Hard, and Die Hard one's pretty good. And then I watched Die Hard one, and I'm like, yeah, fuck that. This movie is <laughs> amazing. Yeah, this movie's mm-hmm. like p- a perfect film. It's but, so good. But but to be fair. I did also say at the beginning, like, usually I'll watch Die Hard 1 and I'll be like, this is the best Die Hard. And then about five months later, I kind of forget about Die Hard and I go back back to to Die Die Hard Hard 3. 3. But I think mostly that's nostalgia. I'm aware of of myself enough to know that I think it's nostalgia. I think technically Die Hard 1 is a better film, but I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for... For DH three, which is entertaining. I was mm-hmm. I, had, I had never seen I had never seen Die Hard three until I watched it with him for the, the podcast. Yeah, and I was so entertained. It is. Fun. I was very it's like a, engaged. It's a great like, romper on New York, man. It's great. It is this yeah. another really smart villain. Yeah, well, Gruber's brother. Yeah, Simon. Well, another but great actor playing. Simon says the pie. I love. There's more Euro trash accents the, yeah. all over that mamma jamma. And then the best mute performance I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Sexy Nazi lady. Oh, yes. sexy pants Nazi lady. But I just had a thought about Die Hard 1, and I want to try and see if I can talk it out of my brain in a cogent manner. Because sure. it's, it's like a feeling, but okay. I want to try and... A lot of this movie for me is a feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see if I can express it, because like... See if we can make it more than a feeling. More than a feeling. Mm. The Bay City Roller song? Boston? That the No, Journey. No. 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 Is it? I think it's Bay City Rollers. Is it Boston? It's no, not Boston. More Shit. than no, more than a feeling is. More than a feeling. Uh, I remember. I thought it was. 
the only Kansas. It's oh, not Kansas. You're God. crazy. The only broke the podcast. The only reason that I okay. don't. The only reason that I'm even aware of the song more than a feeling is whatever fucking band it was. They tried to sue Nirvana in 1993 oh, because God. they said that "Smells Like Teen Spirit" was just the more than a feeling riff. So in response to this lawsuit, Kurt Cobain started playing the opening licks to they're the opening riff to "More Than a Feeling." That's it's Boston. Then, it is Boston. And he would blend it, then blend it into Smells Like Teen Spirit. And he did it for so many shows that they dropped the lawsuit. That's fantastic. He would just start. Pl- and they, I mean, there's, you can find live recordings of them playing more than a feeling. That's amazing. And then just getting bored with it and going to play their other shit. But so, sorry to break your conscience. No, it's fine. <laughs> so we want to make this more than a feeling. Which did you, I don't know if you knew this about more than a feeling. They once in 1993, <laughs> oh, it got derailed again. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, there's, the difference between this movie and all of the other Die Hard movies, I think we mentioned, I'm, I mentioned it earlier. In my opinion, it's because what makes it work for me is that John McClane is on the ropes. And John McClane doesn't have resources, doesn't have allies. He's a man alone. In every other movie, he has resources, he has allies, he's got tools. He was growing, I mean, as the movies progress, he grows progressively harder. Mm hmm. Like one of the, there's a lot of moving pieces. This movie has more pathos to it. Yeah. All the other movies kind of treat themselves like action movies. And they're fun. I Mm -hmm. love the Die Hard series one through four. I love those movies. But, but two, three, and four are like, those are firmly in the action genre. They're not really about John struggling or suffering or any of that. This, this movie, we get, there's something about McLean. This is going to sound unrelated, but you, you, what's the the last one? Uh, the last Star Wars movie that came out, The Force uh, last Awakens. Jedi? Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay, so everyone has this big critique of the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which is like, well, the fucking rebels just got their shit kicked out of them, and like by the end of the movie, there's like twenty rebels, and they're like fucking in a cave. Like, what the fuck? That movie's like fucking stupid. Bro. That's the that's the big critique mm-hmm. I hear again and again. Is like, well, the rebels don't even have any like cool shit anymore. That's why I like that movie. I like that movie because when we people in the original trilogy, like they're flying together, they're flying speeders that are like duct taped together. Yeah, and they yeah. have blasters and they're like slapping them to get the batteries to work, yeah. and then they're fight. That's what you. That's what I like. They in, had to find an old wizard on a desert planet to maybe to hopefully. get a touch of an edge. Yeah, because all their all their gear is fucked. They're scattered all over the place. None of them have training. They don't even have uniforms. They're all just wearing their own clothes. Like, that's what I need in my rebels. I need my rebels to be vastly outnumbered. I need mm-hmm. them to be beaten and like barely holding have two on. Two bullets left. Right. Yeah. I yeah. They need to have two left in the stick and the machine guns just for show. Right. Like that's what I want in my underdog. In every other movie, like in Die Hard Four, we talked about McLean has like fifteen clips on deck. Yeah. And I say clips because I think yeah, they're I know, referred to as clips repeatedly <laughs> yeah, yeah. in all these movies. Makes me cringe, but but, it's fine. but yeah. So like, he's in Die Hard One. He steals the machine gun and gets his. You know, like, oh, here's two mags. Put those in my pocket, and here's a lighter. I maybe could use that. Oh, he's smokes. Ma- dude. Yeah. He he's like half MacGyver in yeah. this movie. No, he absolutely is, and he's using his brain. So that's God. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, because he's using his brain. Like, 
if he does, all he has is a nine millimeter and an M9 after he kills like uh, yeah, Carl's brother, but he uses psychological warfare against them by saying, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! So he's like, right? Well, and was it you or you who pointed out? I think it was you, Carl. You said you're like that white. He's got white wife beater, dress pants, and no shoes. He starts this movie fucked. Yeah. That was, yeah, I said, oh my god, yeah, because I was getting giddy. I'm like, fuck, dude, wife beater, dress pants, no shoes, he's fucked. Yeah. He's got just the ammunition, he grabbed his gun, not his entire strap. He didn't grab his strap. That has the backup ammunition. When the terrorists show up, he grabs he his, gun his gun and one mag. And that's it. And that's what he starts the movie with, is no shoes, dress pants, a wife beater, and a gun with one mag in it. He's he's so so super fucked. He's so yeah. far behind the terrorists yep. at the beginning of this that it and seems then he, hopeless. And then at the end, he has... Two nine millimeter rounds. That's it. That is it. That's all he has left. And it's not his gun anymore, right? He, t- he no. pulls the M9 from one of the terrorists. Yeah. But yeah, so he's and he's got he pulls the the he pulls the mag on his machine gun at the end of the movie and it's empty. And he puts it back in and he tapes the gun to his back with two rounds in it, and he walks around holding that machine gun like, I'm gonna fucking end you. Have you ever seen Carlito's Way? Oh yes. That scene, there's a scene in Carlito's Way where Al Pacino, a drug deal goes sideways, mm-hmm. and Al Pacino is like gets in a firefight and he kicks his way into a bathroom and slams the door and everyone's reloading. And he has he has a reputation and he's killed a couple of them. So he realizes he's out of ammo and yep. has no oh backup rounds. Yeah. So he racks the slide super loud and pops the mag out and slaps it back in and as he's doing it he's screaming through the door he's like i'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna fucking one of you yep. i'm gonna fucking cut your arms off and he's I'm gonna fuck your face fucking your eyes until your brain pop he's screaming at him and when he comes out everyone's gone, gone. yeah it's beautiful and yeah. john mcclain does that with now i have a machine gun ho 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 it's you're fucked you don't have any assets you have no resources you're hurt but what you do have is the ability to crawl inside their heads mm-hmm. and make them shit Calling themselves. Calling them by name. How does he know so much about us? I love that. That is, They're all oh freaking out. Like, how does he know so much? What the fuck? He knows all and of our Gruber names. And Gruber shuts him up. Yeah. To bring back Gruber as great villain, like, John is rattling everyone in the room, but Gruber yeah, knows, like knows what, he's, what doing. he's doing. And he goes, yeah. that's very considerate of you. I'm Alan Rickman. Yes. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> You seem to know all of us. We should we should get to know know you, you. right? Yeah. So one of my favorite. You're right. One of my favorite uh, bits about that is when we see that he's taking notes in Sharpie on his arm and crossing out the names. Right. Who's in charge? He goes goes, Carl Hans, and he's getting names down. He's like related. And also he's got tally marks because how many people can he see? Mm -hmm. How many people are are they talking to that aren't in the room? That's how he knows there's thirty or so. Right, so he's like, yeah. well, and also how many terrorists, how many terrorists there are, because right. yeah, yeah. he's like, I can see four of them, I know I killed two, yeah. and they're I talking. hear two other voices on the, on the radio who aren't present, yeah. so he's he's taking notes, and then he utilizes those notes to be like, it's it's like that 300 thing, mm-hmm. you know what, there, it's 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 the rebel thing too, it's, it's against overwhelming odds. It's also kind of the Western thing, which is funny because they talk yeah. about the Westerns, and we did a whole month on Westerns. And there's it's something Roy about Rogers, and it's it's uh, all that. It's something about knowing, because honestly, like he he never gives up, no matter how bad things get. And yes, to be fair, like this whole movie, like just you can, there's waves of machismo flying. Oh, hey, absolutely, movie. yeah. That's, oh, yeah. But that's kind of what these these things are about. That's yeah. what they're supposed to be. But there's also something really appealing about that, about having the the fortitude to not 
to not crumble under pressure mm-hmm. and to just continually sacrifice more and more and more to do what you believe is the right thing. John's like fiercely throughout all the movies until the fifth one. John is fiercely principled. Where he's a grandpa in the way. Fuck that a movie. Grandpa murderer. Fuck yeah. that movie. We're not talking about Die Hard Five. <laughs> it's important that we don't because there's a lot of stuff I could throw. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But um, yeah, man, that's that's such a great that's such a great thing. We actually talked about it. John in the in the last movie. Okay, we're not even gonna count five, but in five, John does a lot of really fucked up stuff, like yeah. psychopath murderer type stuff. Yeah. In two, three, and four, he kind of, he doesn't really. In two, three, and four, she's taking your coat for her legs. I'm cold. Oh, fair enough. That's Sorry. How? <laughs> I know, we're I'm like, like I'm disrobing. about ready to take my pants off. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> yeah, the guys are each it's down so in their shirts. Hot. I'm wearing Carl's coat. I'm covering my legs with his sweatshirt. And you're wearing a sweater. And my own coat. God, you might need some sugar or something. Yeah, maybe. Are you, okay? are you dying? Did you catch a bird's cold? <laughs> Last time I podcasted, my blood sugar went weird. Yeah, and I had to go eat. I thought we were having a medical cheese. emergency the last time you sat yeah, down. Like, I, she I, has a measuring flicks medical emergency bracelet now. I'm like, guys, I'm not okay. Well, it's fine. You have the little uh, the dog tag, and we can read what your allergies are. And <laughs> we should get a defibrillator for the studio. We should just to play around with. Just like hack, see how <laughs> much we can handle. Hey, man, hey, you man. want like six jewels hey, this time, dude? Just fuck with it. That's all we do. It's a bad idea. Hey man, let's let's try this. Hey man, it's like the sound when it's charging. <laughs> all right, Carl, hit me. All right, so are we, we're doing two jewels this time. Do clear, it, do it. Ah, it's like clear. <laughs> Oh, John Boy. <laughs> John Boy. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> that was Beetlejuice yeah, again. You can, and now we're Beetlejuice again. It always, you always end up you in end Beetlejuice. You end up in Beetlejuice. Do any voice long enough and it's Beetlejuice at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but we, we were talking about how in the other three movies, he's kind of, he's an action hero, he's a cop. Yes. But in this movie, we see some, we see some like guerrilla tactics. We yeah. see, he does, John McClane does some fucked up stuff to dead bodies in this movie. Yeah, he throws three different times. Yeah, he throws a dead body through a window onto a cop car, which, and he's like, he's, and you can see him, I love that too, is in the other ones, John McClane does kind of turn into a superhero, but in yeah. this first movie, he is just a man, and he really does not want to do a lot of the stuff that he does, and you can see Bruce Willis, again, kudos to his performance, you can see Bruce Willis like, oh, uh, God, oh, because like when, uh, when Al is Backing out, he's like walking to his car, like I'm gonna go in, eat my Twinkies. You can see Bruce Willis. He's like, like, "What is Argh. wrong with you? God damn it!" He yeah. sees the window and he sees the dead body, and then you see his Marco, see and he's his, like, "I gotta fucking throw this guy." You out see his window. face fall, where he's like, "Oh, yep," because he know like that's a fucked up thing to do, and he's like, mm. yep. and he picks up the body and he throws it through the window. But man, even before that, when he's fighting, um, not Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody didn't tell him to dress nice. Yeah, everyone else is wearing a gray fucking sweatsuit. Everyone else has got like their, you know, their, their cool terrorist costumes on. And he's like, guys, I just got back from the gym. And Hans Gruber's like, there's no time. Get in the van. And he's like, oh, really? but I look like matching, shit. Yeah, matching like, gray, bro. The, the big 80s nerd glasses. Mm-hmm. And the tightest sweatpants. The tightest. Crawling all 
Dove gray sweatpants. Oh. To the trench. Yeah. There's <laughs> some serious trench. trench warfare going on. There is the merry man ass trench. There's no washing the, the no wash those nice sweatpants and, and not smelling like butt. Yeah, actually, Daniel has a good point. Hmm. The sweatshirt was nice and The baggy. sweatshirt was the roomiest sweatshirt in history. Super and roomy. The, the pants were, were designed to show you his religion. Right. <laughs> it's just. And he's got like keds on. <laughs> so, You're like, what? Like, who, what? Who dressed you? Who dressed you? <laughs> Carl did. Carl laid his clothes. He's like, did you? Pack oh my, my God! Because it's Carl's, Carl's brother. With him. Yeah, he, he's Carl's like, oh no, man, I, I packed your bags for you, man. Uh, Did I told oh, you black I, t-shirt? Hey, black b- t-shirt. Hey, bro, I packed your your bag for you're you. I don't go. know why I, he's I, I Middle Eastern. Your, I pack your nice suit and your now nice French. There. It is fat. German's hard. It is. Hold on. Uh, Wait, I, yeah, I need to get the into. There we go. I need, That's all you ever I have to do. Big. I needed a second to get in back into the German. <laughs> all I ever have to do is be like, "Ah, oh, excuse me, Hitler, I have a question for you." <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, brother, I packed your uh, like your outfit for a the, really nice for the terrorist thing. Uh, we are, we all decided we were going to wear the same thing, which is stupidly baggy sweater and the ugly shoes. And the two tight sweatpants that shows off the, the dick and balls. And that, and that match the sweatshirt perfectly. And your, yeah. your black shoes are going to have the velcros because Z- I know you have the hot times. Were bought, they were bought as a set. Also, I broke your like your good glasses, so I gave you like the stupid ones. <laughs> I got you. I got you a. F- <laughs> I and got you a pair of Fata's uh, glasses. Oh, yeah, and while you were sleeping, I cut your hair all stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready you for some ready boy? That is what you get for falling asleep first. Oh, I got you well, a fun sleep with your shoes on at a party. <laughs> right. <laughs> he had just washed the marker dick off of he his face. He got the marker dick off his <laughs> just face. And then he noticed the, the haircut. Went, yeah. And he was like, no. But it was I'm too going late. to look so stupid on today's goddamn. And Carl's over there, oh. like, <laughs> hey, Carl, this is really not funny. All the other guys are going to laugh at me. The other boys will point and make fun of my man butt. And Carl's like, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that's why we put you in will. charge of the telecommunication. <laughs> It'll be fine. They Don't will worry. laugh at you. That was the point. What do you mean? What did I bring this chainsaw for? Oh my for? god, that it makes no problem. That makes more sense that Carl's fucking with that guy because I did. I just I didn't even realize it, but now I realize that that's his brother because yeah. John McClane kills three people yes. really yeah, quickly. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was his brother yeah. because when he's like doing when he's um like uh, bypassing the alarms and Carl comes over with the he machine. says Abubda, which is brother. He's like, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah. All I heard was like, nice, it's just ha- it, hello, brother. Ha- what? Hello, Bruder. Do you guys? Bruder. Do you guys both speak German? No, I said Bubuda. Bubuda. I do only. I do a little bit. I do a little. I the tiniest little bit. I took German in college, but I sang in German. I know. I could just from watching Scheiser videos. und Wasser und Apfel, and it's that's bread, water, and apples. Because I did like three. Uh, Duolingo lessons on my phone, but I knew Vasa from Bravo. from uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. It's one of my favorite parts is when Sala is t- attending to the Nazis, and the the one guy's like, "More Vasa, more Vasa," and I'm like, "Why is he saying more?" And then Vasa, why wouldn't you say the German word right. for more? And then Sala goes, "You want more water? I will bring it to you. Oh, more water! Oh, let me p- fluff your face and let me oh I have to touch your penis." Like he's just yeah. doing everything he can to keep the Nazis, Nazis at the table, the table right. while Indiana Jones bombing around. <laughs> <dresses>. <laughs> 
We talked about. We've been talking a lot about a lot Indy. Indiana Jones. Yeah, we got to spend some Indy soon. I'm Jonesing, man. <laughs> you want more butter? I bring Ooh. it to you. <laughs> Bad dates. <laughs> Esps. <laughs> Very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> that was pretty much all of Exorcist we talked about. Only or Dominion and Beginning. We all we just talked yeah, mostly we, about it. We called it Jones. Dominion prequel to oh prequel to the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we also what was the one I came up with? Oh, Dominion Marin in the Temple of Doom. Dominion Dominion Marin and the Temple of Doom. Anyways, yes. Um, we were we were mostly talking about Carl's doofy brother there. Yeah, but the whole point was the whole point was after is Franco. They, is that his name? I can't no. remember. He. Franco. I was trying There's to remember Fritz, all the names. Huli. Uh, oh, Fritz! It might yeah. it might have been Fritz. Fritz. Dude, your knowledge of this movie is was absurd. Oh, he knows it line by line. I, I'm inflections sitting there. too. It he knows the inflections. Nuts. Yeah, I, I was I couldn't even believe do, it. Do the do the do the um. Jesus. The, the quote about Alexander that... When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Benefits of a classic education. And then he go. Uh, there's a bit where he's like, I could talk about civil engineering and men's <laughs> fashions all, all day, day, but... I have some uh, it's like questions bi- for you. It's, More like fill in the blanks it's, questions. It's actually. like work first or business right. first or something. But as we were watching the movie, I'm sitting there with my, my dry Riesling and the dog crawling over Danielle's face. And then all of a sudden I realized... <laughs> Literally crawling on my face. Oh, yeah. That's what that's trying to do. Stepping on my neck. But it was nuts because... Like the movie started and Carl was doing lines mm-hmm. from the not, not just, lines of cocaine. Right. No, Carl's just banging rails <laughs> of cocaine. But no, like Carl was doing lines from the movie and not just like McLean's lines. He was doing everyone's lines. Yeah. The like the first scene with the two of them on the airplane. Because you, you had said as it was spinning, you're like, I might know all the lines to this movie. And I was like, ha, yeah, because I <laughs> I might know all the lines to Pulp Fiction, too. I know like most of them. I could right. probably. And Bird gives me shit all the time for saying huge chunks of the movie but that's as carl. we were watching this it was like carl hit whole fucking giant speeches oh, wait, um, right well it's because i've watched this movie literally when he's in the vent after he lights the lighter come to the ghost we get together have a few laughs there was one at the beginning <laughs> that it's something that gruber is saying that it's like i've i've written a couple i've written several screenplays i kind of know what mm-hmm. scripts look like and how a page falls a page is usually about a minute of screen time carl did lines for four or five pages of screenplay <laughs> in yeah. a row it was one of the craziest I things don't know. i've ever I seen just, i watch it too many times like i said once turkey is is pooping once once turkey once, becomes once, poop you start spinning die hard spinning die hard until like the first of the year god it was nuts dude yeah. um uh, yeah i do i put it on when i'm like like doing chores around the house and shit like it's it's my feel good it's a real this makes me feel good to have it on in the background i love it yeah this uh, and uh like this one in three once turkey turns into poop yeah no that's a weird way to judge time but whatever you, you do you boo boo <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> This this movie's I've never really associated it with Christmas films. Um, we came up with these four. Yeah, this is grade two twelve. What? <laughs> oh yeah, we were correcting small details. I was making jokes about the movie. No, grid two ninety. I'm like, actually, it's grid two twelve. Yeah, you were. Cor- Don't be an asshole. I was making a joke about the grid, and Carl. I'm like, yeah, well, they didn't turn off grid grid two thirty one D. And Carl goes, excuse me, it's grid two twelve. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care. 
What are you? What? What are you even saying? Oh my god! You know, and I'm like, oh man, John McClane's only got like three rounds left, and you're like, he actually only has two in that gun, but in the other gun, he has 15 rounds still because he just changed his. And I'm like, how many times have you seen this? I don't want to talk about it anymore. A lot. Yeah, (laughs) you've seen this movie a lot of times. Yeah, he didn't have to write that many notes for this movie. None of us did, and actually, um. I I like the freeform yeah. way that this the is sit and started. spins are kind of fun for that too like yeah. minimal notes because it's fresh yeah. in our brains when exactly. we get to sit down we go when, from couch to studio and right when you when you sit with a movie for a couple days it's cool to have the notes but there's something really there's a different kind of cool to spinning a movie mm-hmm. with your friends and sitting down and yeah. just talking about it fresh off the top of your head. It's yeah. a diff- totally different conversation. And in a weird way, it's a different movie experience too. It is. Cause like just sitting there, we, and also we talked through oh, a we big were, chunk of this movie. Yep. We were, we were chatting at it pretty hard, <laughs> which, which is, is yeah. great. Yeah. Cause we all know it yeah, fairly snarky, well too. So it's commentary. like, yeah, Carl literally by heart. Yes. Right. <laughs> no. But no, like it was, I was ogling it. Alan Rickman. Yeah, every time Alan Rickman sexiness. comes on, it'd just be Danielle being like, it's just Shut like up! It got a little more humid in the room. No, I didn't. Rewind it, he's talking. No, I didn't Rewind yell. Rewind it, he's talking. No, I didn't yell. He went, uh. <laughs> I started making really. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. That was. That really was, sec- slightly sexual noises. Those were the yeah. bits where I would get up and go get another glass of wine <laughs> or a Xanax. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play. I love casting about we're gonna play Alan my Rickman boyfriend when we go home. with my fiance. Well, that's fine because your boyfriend dedicated his last show to his girlfriend Danielle. rather than his yeah. fiance. Yeah. So for my for my birthday, Snap. I'm not gonna stop. I know. <laughs> Just for, for, God damn it. He had bonked the microphone. He, to his credit, um, mm. he he had mentioned Alan Rickman on a dinosaur earlier in this podcast. Yes. I don't think anybody knows what that means. No, they don't actually. Um, for my birthday it. last year, he well he had written a song after he started getting to know me because he knew how much I loved Alan Rickman. Mm. And it was a very, um, very like upbeat, almost like opening it was, sitcom. It was. Music. I wrote. The, I wrote. A, I wrote an opening um, like song for a sitcom. Like the opening title music. Yeah, opening like the opening like like the bosom buddies theme. And it was called Alan Rickman on a Dinosaur. So it was the because name of the I love Alan, Alan Rickman and dinosaurs. So for my birthday, he had commissioned his friend in Big Rapids, who is an artist, to draw and draw and paint. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a like a watercolor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Alan Rickman in Dogma riding, riding a T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. Alan Rickman on a dinosaur. It's currently hanging in our apartment. The Yeah, I I wanted to let you finish the story, but we were working at Fufu at the time, and I have seen the painting on, Al, on the phone, and I knew about it before it even happened. Yeah, he knew He knew when I was like he, everybody. I'm it. sure everybody knew about it. He was like that when he was going to propose, too. He told everybody. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> My dog needs to go outside. You guys talk more about how much you love each other. <laughs> well, how about I so talk like, more about how much I love Alan Rickman? So that's fine too. <laughs> that look she was giving you, though, dude. She sat there like, mm-hmm, Dad. I was worried it was a barf face. Oh, <laughs> no. like, it's because we were talking about how much like, we love each other. And Trinity's was, like, you guys are making me pukey. Doing the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's how I feel too. <laughs> I hate these two. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but Rude. yeah, what's funny about Rude. that Alan Rickman on a dinosaur thing is mm-hmm. that is about the same time that we were like, the when you came up with the idea was about when we were nailing down the oh, the, the measuring cool. flicks concept. That's right. That's yeah. really cool. It's about the same time. Full circle, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. 
full circle. That's right, because season zero, we because st- March is official season one. Yes. And then it was, but it was a couple months before that was season zero. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we uh, we had wor- we had started Fastbender month and it fell to pieces. Yes. And then we were like, fuck. And then a bunch of months passed and then we we're like, let's start it fresh in March. We'll do March Madness. And yeah. then we that's when we built that big, long list. I'm like, we're going to fucking do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. <laughs> and that was right right between there was when was, you were doing yeah. the, the Danielle and riding on dinosaurs and Alan Rickman. And I think that's actually the f- I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. Like it was before we started recording the March episodes was the first time I heard you mention that maybe you were thinking about like this might be the girl yeah this might be the one yeah guys yeah. it's it's Christmas time. you know what's crazy about it's the podcast you know what's miracles. crazy about the podcast what is that like our relationship when you go back and start listening to like like earlier episodes yeah. and referring to Danielle and this girlfriend and it's whatever and it's like the 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 show has kind of like become this time capsule in a weird sort of way of our yeah well yeah, and you guys were you guys were together like what f- half a year yeah not before, even six months yeah. before the show started mm-hmm. yeah so because you can hear in the first couple episodes like we'll met you'll mention like. Oh yeah, Danielle really. Oh, Danielle's my girlfriend, and we really like just to like let yep. the listeners know. And then they're at a certain point, it flips, and you start thanking Danielle for letting me monopolize yeah, so much yeah, of exactly. your time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the the amazing episodes where I'm like, Carl, you're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it's just the mics bumping as I crawl across the table to hug him. <laughs> what was the do you, do you remember the first episode that you were on for? Was it? It wasn't House of Wax, was it? No, it was. Oh shit! Because we did that big House of Wax spectacular right. day with all the tacos and grilling and so much beer and tequila. <laughs> but what was the first episode we had you on for? I don't remember what it, it wasn't is. Season zero. Um, it wasn't House of Wax. House. It might. It may have been House of Wax. The Patreon is a Patreon exclusive episode. Is that so you your don't first have time to go on? Go back Mike? and listen. It might have been. I'm not sure, but you. Yeah. It might have been. been on a bunch. That's one of actually one of my favorite things about this other podcast that I do, Chatman and Robin. If you listen back through the episodes, uh, I was married to Bird the whole time I did it, but you can hear as we move around Marquette, as like our relationship That's shifts cool. and changes, in a weird way. Like, and I <laughs> want me to let Trent in. Yes, please. Okay. I was just like, I can hear her on the mic. I should just crank mic four and aim it at the door and be like, "That's right, we're just letting her sit." In she the was snow. watching Die Hard with us. She's crawling kind, all over me. Yeah, kind of. But um Hi Trin. I don't know. I <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> she's really cold. She is. She's been out she's <laughs> out in the snow. <laughs> I don't know. I like that's something that I like about and I think it's it's good. It's not good, but it may be good. I don't know. It's cool <laughs> that we're not talking about Die Hard right now. Because yeah. in a weird way, like it's a film appreciation podcast, but it's also about the film aficionados, the cinephiles, the film fans that you talk about these movies with. Right. We've taught, we've said it from like the first episodes we ever did is we've always loved movies and watching movies, but the experience of watching a movie and then sitting down and having a real, sometimes really long form conversation about it. Like six hours sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Once uh, in one horrid instance, we did six hours on a movie, but like a lot of the movies, like when we first like discovered I knew about Jim Jarmusch forever. Yep. But I rediscovered 
like an entire in an entire new way, Jim Jarmish, yeah. in discussing him in a really <laughs> cerebral and elevated way with you. What's up? Carl came home after that watching that movie and doing Only that podcast alive, yeah. and he was a little intoxicated. I came home from a rehearsal for probably Young Frankenstein mm-hmm. and he comes up to me as I'm putting my stuff away in the kitchen. He goes, oh my God, honey, I love you so much and I want to I want to be vampires with you forever and Jim Jarmusch is our new favorite director as a couple. I said, Steven, Steven Spielberg is no longer my, our favorite director. It's Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch our, is favorite our favorite director. Is our favorite our director. Favorite director. Yeah. <laughs> Not mine, our. And I just want to be a vampire with you forever. Oh my God, but like that and for people who haven't seen that movie, that sounds ridiculous but anyone who's seen that movie knows that feeling. Yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. Oh my god. I remember it's the Burden- She still hasn't finished it yet. You haven't finished what? You turned it off. Way I to, wanted to finish way it. To throw her under the yeah. bus. No, now no, I'm blaming no, no. you. Now it's we're totally, mad at you, it's Carl. It's totally my fault. It's totally my fault. <laughs> you, you did. You turned it off. I'm like how much more is there to the movie? You're like about 20 minutes. I'm like let's do it. Let's do 20 minutes. Like, no, I have a different recollection of the conversation. Okay, let's, watch okay. it. Were- let's watch it right now. Let's hang this up. Right. I'll spin that. But like <laughs> I this and it's maybe it's Christmas time and because I can see the Christmas tree reflected mm-hmm. in the window maybe I'm, that's why I'm feeling magical, sort of yeah. like magical Christmas thoughts friends yeah, feelings yeah. but like I remember the first time this is way predates any idea of doing like a film podcast like uh, I think it was the year after or two years after Only Lovers Left Alive came out I had heard the soundtrack a bunch of times because I was, I'm always looking for writing music. So mm-hmm. I looked up like best indie movie soundtracks of blah and it came up. It's a uh, squirrel and Joseph Van Wissem, the guy who plays the liar. Yeah. Or the, the, yeah. Yeah. So I listened, I, I was like, what is this soundtrack? I'd never heard of anything like it. Squirrel is a band unlike anything you've ever heard. It's Jim Jarmusch's you know. band, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm listening to this music and I'm like, holy shit. And I knew that it had Tilda Swinton in it. And I knew that it had John Hurt in it. And I'm like, I got to watch this. And so I'm like, Bird, come here. And she loves Tilda Swinton. So I'm like, it's Tilda Swinton vampire movie. And she's like, ooh. And we sat down and we watched it. And there's been a couple, very, very few, because Bird and I have really different tastes in movies. But we watched that movie on like our, we were in a really shitty apartment at the time. It was like a shitty room in a house that was like dilapidated. Our bathroom ceiling was falling in. And it was just garbage. Total shit, yeah. Yeah, so we're like sitting on this like mattress on the floor, and the floor's all fucking uneven. And there's uh, there was no power in our room, so we had to drill a hole in the floor and run power up from the basement into a power strip. And that's how we ran everything. It, like that's where we were living. Wow. And we watched Only Lovers Left Alive, and it's this, it's this weird movie about how. Well, I mean, you can listen to the episode about to what it's about, but like this, the movie's all about like how important having that other person is Mm -hmm. and how even when you're apart you can be together and how important like art is and like it it we'd been watching like you know like oh ghostbusters this is fun and oh look beetlejuice this is fun and just spinning netflix bullshit and then all of a sudden only lovers left alive and when it was done we're like sitting looking at all the squalor that we're living in just because that's where we had to be at that moment and I mean, like the next year before we moved out of there was just like it, it totally reinvigorated because we immediately started having discussions about right. about intellectualism and about love and about it, it just like relit our fires. And we got out of that weird because you, you fall into slumps throughout. Yeah, your life. absolutely. And there are certain movies. Art can do it, man. Art can do it. And we talked about it uh, with hunger yeah. very recently. 
It's oh, hard for me to Hunger even was the say last the, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to even say the name of that movie. It had such an amazing impact on me. Like, just fuck. But yeah, yeah. movies like Hunger, movies like Only Lovers Left Alive that, that do that. They're capable of some like some like music or art and Brazil. Brazil like I I had never seen Brazil I, I and discovering that and discovering the adventures of Baron Munchausen these are movies that like I wish I'd seen as a kid but right. now that I have them I'm, I cherish them yeah and we talked about it with hunger it's so easy to forget that movies are art yeah movies we we like you know we were saying like with the the Transformers films and shit a lot of times movies just feel like disposable entertainment like pop mm-hmm. pop crap basically but in even Die Hard, I would say that there's stuff in Die Hard that, it, like, you can almost hear like Ennio Morricone's like whistle score. Absolutely, over it. yeah. It's like, there's something, anything that is powerful and can bring people together and just and pr- provoke this type of discussion. And, and I think the thing with Die Hard that that makes this not just the action movie is because when this was when this was made, when John McTiernan was casting. They wanted to go with somebody more like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, something, some more beefy. And, and yeah. John McTiernan's like, "Well, what about this guy from, from Moonlighting?" And everyone's like, "Are you fucking kidding me, Bruce Willis, fucking Bruno, the guy that wants to be a goddamn blues musician, like <laughs> that guy, whatever." But they did a screen test, and they're like, "This is the guy next door. This is the everyman," and he got into really good shape for it. But he's still not that like super. Mu- but so he's wondering. the human element. He is that. So you can see you can see that all working in this in this movie. He's pretty beefy, and I was wondering he has like a it looks like a scar yeah, it's maybe. A scar on his shoulder. Is it a scar? Yeah. Okay, because my brother my brother's like a super hardcore weightlifter, and when he was in his early twenties, he started lifting heavy, like really going for it, and he got something on his right arm that looks a lot like that, and it's a, on it. it's a stretch mark from his skin expanding too fast. Yeah, it may have been that from from him working from out, working out so hard. Yeah. But um, that, yeah, we've talked about it before, but the fact that he's not like a Jason Statham or yeah. a Sylvester Stallone in Rock. In, and when uh, he fights, he's fighting dirty. Like the first fight when he's with sweatpants. He's fighting sweatpants guy, he, yeah. Dude, that is, a, that is a nasty fight. When he's like almost going through the drywall, yep. that's gnarly, yeah. dude. Bruce Willis Schwarzenegger is, and Sylvester Stallone turned down turned the role. Down, right. Yep. Yeah, well, there's there's all sorts of like Tom Selleck turning down Indiana Jones. Yeah, I know right? that, those weird, those bizarro world versions of these movies. That... I just had a artsy fartsy idea, and yeah. maybe it's just me coming down off the wine. But <laughs> there's a very strange, um, almost like operatic or like mythic mythic arc to John McClane in this movie. Which is, it's like sort of like Wagner, like this Wagnerian operatic. He starts as just a man, mm-hmm. like the Greek, the Greek myth thing, where because he does, he literally he shows up, he's trying to mend bridges with his wife or whatever. And by the third act of the movie, when he staggers around that corner, he is something both more and less than yeah. human. Yep, he is so utterly changed. This whole the the Nakatomi Tower is his crucible. Yeah, and he goes through it and is forged sometimes literally by fire. By fire, yeah. And he emerges as something more than he was at the beginning of the movie, and that's what you're supposed to do in all storytelling. But like, um, my favorite example of this is Grant Morrison uses it to describe uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, Frank Miller's 
mm-hmm. Batman comic. And he's like, by the beginning, Bruce Wayne is, or in the beginning, Bruce Wayne is like this old tired man. And by the end, he's riding into Gotham City on a horse, on horseback leading an army. Yeah. And he's like, it's this mythic this operatic. Huge, yeah. He's almost like become a god. And in, in some way, there's there's like a it's so strange to say the about an action film. In, in his heroism too he, he so this will tie to Die Hard three when he makes fun of the stutter he had a, deb, a debilitating childhood stutter Bruce Willis when he was a kid mm-hmm. wow and then theater helped him get over that that's not the first time I've heard that interesting that learning oh. to. So the scar on his right shoulder is from surgery it due to complications scar. from a broken arm when he was 17. Oh, so it's an old scar. Wow. That's cool. And it, yeah, and there's you could cover it up. You can pretty it up. They don't cover up his weird like the tattoo on the his tattoo, arm is kind of yeah. dumb. But I like that they left it because it's a, it's a New York City cop tattoo. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I don't know. There's a it's die hard. But there's a there's something. Because we, we just spun it, I haven't had a chance to sit with it, but that's good. Because, dude, I'm telling you, that Christmas tree is fucking with me. Yeah, it's, I know. Like, <laughs> it's like there's there's something magical about this movie. This movie has a beautiful poetry to it. There's this ineffable quality of like of mystery. There's there's a melancholy to McLean. There's a reluctance to accept the mantle of hero mm-hmm. that makes it so appealing. Well, there is a reason why this movie is like a go-to. A lot of people joke it's their favorite Christmas movie, but for a lot of people it is. Yeah. One of their favorite Christmas movies. And there's a reason why that a movie that came out in 1988 still fucking holds up. Yeah. And better than holds up, it's better than some of the shit that's be- that's come out recently. <laughs> a lot better than like a, a lot, lot of better. the shit. Like, uh, It's a Wonderful Life has stuck around. Yeah. And I, I made a joke about that at the beginning of the movie, but that's one of my favorite Christmas oh, movies. Yeah. And it's not because like, oh, and everyone gets a happy ending and oh, Zuzu, miracle of Christmas and oh, we all building in love. It's not that. I just rubbed my tits the yeah. whole time the whole I was time. saying that. You did. But that's that's not what it's about. It's about Jimmy Stewart and an insanely talented cast working with an amazing director. I've watched enough movies to know that you can't just throw some like happy, good time feelings at me and make me like a movie. You have to execute. And I think that movie executes. So that's why I think that movie stuck around yeah. so long. But this is not... It's also Frank Kappa or whatever that directed that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's no... Th- that movie is no slouch. Like, as much shit as that movie gives, or as much shit as that movie gets, that movie's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really incredible. But Die Hard is not my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie... <laughs> Because I, I'm the one who cuts the podcasts and I did nope, the that's all I good. ordered the list. We're doing my Christmas my favorite Christmas movie will drop on Christmas and my favorite Christmas movie is The Exorcist. Is this your favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard? Die Hard? Uh Do we both yeah. have super atypical favorite <laughs> Christmas movies? Yeah, we sure do. What's your favorite Christmas movie, Daniel? Uh this one actually is one of them. One Die of Hard them? is one of them. Do you guys do you guys Die like Die Hard Two is actually one of them too. I mean we talked about it a bit on the on the show, but mm-hmm. fucking Die Hard Two, that that snow. And those airplanes and him smoking in the... I'm with you. Him smoking in the cold. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll do before, on Christmas Day. I'll be like, hey, are you coming over to open presents? I'm like, no, Die Hard 2. Haven't even started it yet. I'm finishing Die Hard 1 right now. I'll be over in two hours. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like the nostalgic um, ones, like the Grinch. Yeah, I think as I far as... The Grinch stole Christmas mm-hmm. and Rudolph. The traditional The ones. specials. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, I'm the same way. I, there's like, as far as Christmas movies go, I was yeah, we, joking they, earlier, but Gremlins is actually one of my favorite Christmas movies too. I can't, I can't think of that many. Mostly, I'm thinking of like the Rankin. Is it Rankin Bass? 
Is that yeah, the one Rankin who made? Bass. They made all of the like, uh, like, like the Rudolph, Rudolph the Red, the Red yep. Reindeer, and yep. yeah. So I like all the Rankin Bass specials, and I love the original Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And I'm not gonna lie, I like the Jim Carrey one too. It's I don't mind it either. Fun. It's so much fun, and you get you get more to it. Like when you watch, no, no, no. <laughs> Carl's about no, to listen. leave. <laughs> the story of the Grinch. You're a Grinch, Carl. He's so Ron much a Howard Grinch. Howard is one of my favorite direction directors. I think he was he, he had stomach problems or something. <laughs> No, go ahead. No, no I I really like. it. I'm glad we both it, like this. The original animated Grinch is very short, mm-hmm. but in this movie, the live with Jim Carrey, yeah. you get more to the story, but you still get the original Grinch story that makes you feel really happy in the end. I do prefer the original cartoon. Well, yeah, same. Now, actually, is your problem mostly with the movie? Because I actually know a bunch of people who cannot stand Jim Carrey as an actor. Do you like Jim Carrey? Uh, do, uh, yes. I like. Okay. Man in the Moon is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Uh, I think that. I mean, Ace Ventura is also. I was. I mean, I went as him for Halloween this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. But like, <laughs> it's, good, yeah, I love. I fucking too. love Jim Carrey. Yeah, I love Jim Carrey as well. He's, I think he's fucking really talented. Horrible in the Grinch. I disagree, but okay. Horrible. <laughs> you just don't have his, any joy his, left in your heart, his, Carl. It's his worst performance <laughs> outside of The Mask. It is so fucking bad. Hey, The Mask is fun, too, though. Jesus the Mask Christ. is really fun. See? We should watch bad movies together. Yes. I, look, and But I'm aware The Mask is yeah. not good. No, it's I like it's the I like super the campy. It's fun though. I like it's it when so he, I like it when he puts an entire exhaust system up someone's ass. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> See, find something he's to love a, in everything. He's such a Grinch. <laughs> he is. Look at him over no, there. No, I I he's honestly think that Ron Howard made a huge misstep in the Grinch. I think it's a horrible adaptation. I like that movie. Can I can I <laughs> Make a con- can I? I'm gonna confess something, and I've never confessed to anybody because <gasps> oh it's because you people are you guys are my movie family, my movie mm-hmm. podcast family, Aww. measuring flicks family. I like Jack Frost. I like that movie. The Michael Keaton Snowman movie. I like the Michael Keaton Snowman movie, Jack Frost. I I think I've only seen it once. I'd have to watch it again. So Carl knows why this is a confession. <laughs> That is a that has got like a one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Carl's making a really big face right now. So he okay. So <laughs> Michael Keaton plays movie. the worst fake harmonica ever in that movie. <laughs> yes, he does. The worst <laughs> fake harmonica. And it's ever. really bad CG snowman too. Like it's so bad. Yeah. Doesn't hold the up. The snowman that cries. I do the Michael Keaton snowman cries. Yeah, it does. Mm. It's budge as fuck. Mm. And he snowboards. Mm. <laughs> he, he snowboards. Best snowball <laughs> fight in history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm sorry I shared with you, you fucking monster. I still love Max, you. Yes, it's okay. But yeah, Max, it's okay. We've all got movies that. We do. We all. Everyone's got that movie in their back pocket that is not good that you, every that people like. So that's one of mine. The other movie that I'm gonna tell you right now that I like. I only like it under really specific circumstances. <laughs> okay. But like, uh, like being in high as fuck. Okay. Smoking up a whole J bone. Oh my god! We need to <laughs> taking, watch Cancel Christmas. Taking the <gasps> yes. Cancel Christmas. Oh my god! Have you guys ever seen Cool World? No. Cool World High as fuck is one of the trippiest experiences I've ever had in my life. It's Gabriel Byrne and Kim Basinger and Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt, right? Brad Pitt's like 16. Yep. <laughs> Holy crap. It's, no, I've never heard of this movie. It's half animated, and really badly composited. It's like, that early, it's, it's like pre um, yeah. Who Killed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. It's like pre Who Killed Roger Rabbit, like all hand-drawn animation, but they didn't put in any placeholder like puppet on a stick for the actors to work with. So, so their uh, their eyelines are all fucking weird. Totally wrong. Like the cartoon will be here, and Brad Pitt will be like, "What do you think?" Of it? It's like they're all blind. It's like all Ooh. the 
human characters are blind. It's really weird. The whole plot is dirty as it's Fuck. filthy. There, here's my favorite <laughs> line. I, I can't. Oh god, I can't remember what the. Uh, it's like, ah, damn it. It's like doodles do not have sex with norms or whatever. Right. But like the whole plot is about whether or not humans or what happens when humans fuck cartoons. Yep. Because he goes what? to the cartoon world and he's like a pri- Brad Pitt is like a Gabriel private Byrne eye. is a is a cartoonist <laughs> who created this comic book called Cool, cool World. world. And it's a real world that exists, and so he goes into Cool World, and he kind of wants to fuck Kim Basinger, which is his creation. And then Brad Pitt's like a detective, he's like, "Hey, don't go fucking cartoons." It's if you bad. fuck cartoons, it's bad. The whole movie has like weird overtones against miscegenation. It feels yeah. racist a lot of the time, yep. and it is filthy, like borderline porn. Yeah. And Whoa. yeah, so it and it also has like I think it has legitimately like a three on Rotten Tomatoes. It's awful. The movie's <laughs> dog shit. But I really am going. If I if I haven't bought it already, I'm gonna buy it. Like it's. it's there are certain movies movie, that man. exist just for you to get super high and watch. Yeah, and I think Cool World is Cool on that World shelf, is definitely dude. Oh, yeah. one. There's of them. um there's a Christmas movie we accidentally discovered because he was making an Alan Rickman you canceled joke. Christmas. What's this about? Yeah, so, so this is we um, just started dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just um, like just started, he was being really great and quoting Alan Rickman. Uh-huh. Um, and I said, "Cancel in, Christmas," um, like from uh, Robin, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He actually says, "Call off bur- Christmas." Good bur- but I misquoted and said, "Cancel Christmas." And mm. I thought he was talking about another movie, and I'm like, "I've never seen that one." Like See an that. idiot, and he goes, "No, that that's a quote from." From Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, like we were just talking about, because you really love Alan Rickman, and I'm like, oh, it's stupid, Danielle, stupid, stupid, <laughs> damn it! But then He's I never gonna up, like me again, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then at looked, that point in the relationship, but then I looked up on IMDb, canceled Christmas, because I thought he was talking about a movie. Have you seen it? And yeah, it's I an it. it's actually so movie. Judd Nelson plays Santa Claus. <laughs> and it's a, what? It's this Hallmark made for television movie, <laughs> and. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait let's Sorry. let that sink in. You just hold on. John Nelson plays Santa Claus. Hold on. Yeah, and his performance is just like you know he's paying off his tax. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's so Made bad. Some bad investments. Oh shit! It is okay. so, so bad. We decided that we're gonna watch it every Christmas. We wow. Yeah. So we, just we should watch it with you guys. Okay, I'm like, in. Super fucking rip. Just like. <laughs> Blitz and blast and in ten days when it's legal in Michigan officially. Right, because neither of us currently use no. any Mm-mm. substances other than alcohol, which is legal and taxed, and we pay that tax. Absolutely do. But it'll be good to see what marijuana is all about. And then wow. when John McClane says "fuck it," I'm like, that is the most funny shit ever. <laughs> he's oh, trying he's, to put the fucking detonators dude, he, in the C4. He's like, I don't know. Fuck it. Even <laughs> it puts a computer monitor on top of it and straps it to Dude, a chair. Even not high bat. It was yeah. so fucking funny. He's got brick of C4. He puts in a detonator and then he's like, uh, uh, puts in two. two. Fuck Three, it. Four, fuck it. Just puts starts stuffing detonators in. <laughs> puts a computer monitor on. He's like, that'll hold her yeah, down. Do her. And off we go. Bye. And I love when he's. I love that he like stands in the open elevator door, like just looking. I did a good job. Yeah, he puts his head through. Like, all right. He's watching. There's. Move your head, John. 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 Get out of the head. Even when he starts seeing the fireball coming, he's like, John. He's like, it's not going to get like this high. There's two moments in here where Bruce Willis 
has a sound as a line. It's not even a word. It's a sound, and I love <laughs> it. And like the first one is when uh, um, the uh, when Gruber's pulls pulls the trigger on the gun, huh. and he goes, "Oops, oops." It's like, "Oops." He like barely <laughs> moves oops. his mouth. He's like, "Oops." And then um, that stupid Hans. The other one is when he's digging through the bag, and he pulls out the C four, and he goes. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, got he a was, cigarette in his mouth. Cigarette in his it's mouth. It's like snarky, walkie-talkie. Like I'm outsmarting you, terrorists. Yeah. And then pulls out C4. Well, he's, he's talking to Al. Yeah, he's talking. Oh, he's to talking Al. to Al. I think he's oh, talking, he to talking to Al at that point. At one he point, he was talking to Hans. And yeah. then he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, that's <laughs> when he's talking to Hans. He's just, oh yeah, he's talking to. Uh, that he is talking to Hans when he pulls the C4. Explosively detonated. Like, whoa. Whoa. When he sees the C4, he's just like he could see he's like rocked by it. Like he's like, he's oh, like oh boy, that's the real pajamas <laughs> right there. That's a big old bang boom that's brick, <laughs> big old brick a bam right there. It's funny he thinks that like, oh, did I use all the explosives? Or, or did, did I? I? And he's like one stick, one of stick. C4. Well, I've got five thousand pounds yeah, of I it think, on the ceiling. I think I think we're good. I think you didn't use. I think you probably didn't. I think I think you didn't. <laughs> He's talking to Ali. He's like, they brought a stick of C4, yeah, so a whole goddamn got a one stick. big old brick of it. And these guys They're are crazy. Be able to blow the fucking doors <laughs> off a couple yeah, vending machines. It's like, crazy. They're they're probably that's what they're doing. They're robbing the vending machines. Get them in here. We're we not gonna in, be you can't for trust the kids. fucking Indo, man. He's getting all the Mars bars and the fucking Kit Kats and the yeah. Oh my God, they're just robbing candy. Just robbing candy <laughs> left and right. It's bad enough they're going over the uh, they're going for the negotiable bear bonds, but like fuck no, they gotta go for the Kit Kats and the Mars bars. Well, we lost six hundred and forty million monsters. dollars. And monsters. monsters. Negotiable bear bonds and to our board of directors Takagi was murdered, so uh by the way, Bill, while we're figuring out what to do, would you grab me a Mars bar? I can't. They're gone. They're sir. all gone, sir. Oh fine, a Kit Kat then. They're gone, sir. Well, I guess three musketeers will have to be. They took those two. Who are these fucking <laughs> animals? Oh, they it's left. With, oh, they left with the key lime skittles. <laughs> Just chases a butterfly into his mouth. <laughs> right, chases a butterfly into his mouth. Yes. Obscure jokes from episodes you haven't heard yet. <laughs> oh, that's right. We time travel jokes are fun. I love it. Um, all right. I think that's all yeah. the Christmas joy and diehard that I've got in me. Good this luck movie, cutting that episode together, sir. I'm, Dude, I'm I'm running it raw. That was a good discussion. Oh yeah. Okay. Sweet. Fucking I love it when it happens. Like, you know, there was, and there were magical Christmas thoughts in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's and that's. This is our first episode of December, so I think that's why. I because I was thinking about. I've been thinking about it a little bit as we've been recording, and I think it's. I think it's good to put this one up as is, just because it's. It shows the other side of the of the yeah, podcast. Fair enough. Because we just did. We uh, we've been recording we, other episodes, but for the listeners, they just did Steve McQueen and three, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. So they got the you and I sit down with our notes. We go through our notes. We have this reasoned, like deep intellectual discussion. But there is another side to this podcast, which mm-hmm. crops up from time to time, which is two friends, just three friends, just fun. four friends. Yeah, yeah, a fun movie, sitting a and fun discussion. Sitting, ta- sitting and talking to our listener friends. Yeah, and it's Christmas time, and. I just, dude, that I gotta not have that tree on for the rest of the episodes because nope. <laughs> I'm sitting here and every time I look up, my Is heart lethal, swells. Lethal weapon next. Uh, lethal weapons yeah. next. Here's what we got for Christmas for you guys. We're gonna do uh, lethal weapon, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do Black Christmas. Yep. Why, like a highly controversial and super brutal horror film. Yep. And then we're gonna end with The Exorcist, which, as everyone knows, is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. You're gonna Let die Jesus fuck you. <laughs> That's why. 
Scares. Oh my god, dude, that episode is gonna just be a smorgasbord of me doing demon voice. I love crushing the old vocal cords down and just like, hello, priest. Would you like to talk to your mother, Karis? She's in here, you know. Hey, why you do this to me, Demi? Demi, why you do this to me, Mom? Jesus. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Priest. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. I just love doing it. Yeah. It's just so fun. And that, yeah, Christmas, Christmas spirit. Yeah, Christmas. Guys, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> if you don't if you don't believe in Christmas, then you suck. Because this is a great holiday. <laughs> we just lost 60% of our listeners. <laughs> it's just magical times. It doesn't have to be about Jesus. It no. can be about, about Alan Rickman. Make it about Alan and Nakatomi Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starts. You know what? Do we start a new tradition this year? Start smoking cigarettes. Don't say <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 Not don't, you though, Carl. You had your time. You had your time. They were good times, He's but they're over now. You can over never go a year back. Smoke free. I know, because he quit. He quit I while we were recording. Yep. By the wall. <laughs> <laughs> But no. I'm gonna chief whole curtain smokes puke and be good to go. Well on December sixth, if you need to get you need to get your lighter habit back, you know who to come to. We'll spin cool world and cancel Christmas back to back. New Christmas traditions. <laughs> Brad's gonna be like, "What? What's the tradition?" We're like, "Well, we're gonna watch five dog shit movies back to back." And she's like, "Oh wow, yeah. Well, uh, I've been holding on to these divorce papers for just <laughs> such an occasion." Right. <laughs> look at look at the time on the watch I'm not wearing. I'm gonna. I need to go wrap things away from you <laughs> forever in another house. By wrap, and I mean file paperwork. <laughs> You and me are going to rap about who gets what in the separation. <laughs> We're going to A, B, C, D, E, F, G all the way around this fucking house. Oh, my God. Um, Bird and I just watched a shitty movie not too long ago, and I showed you the first two minutes of it. Uh, for people who want a really strange um, kind of, I, I don't I think it takes, it's not a Christmas movie, but it's a, it's more of like a Halloween movie, but Elvira's Haunted Hills. That's a weird intro, man. The I don't intro, know what I'm at. even... The first time I watched it, I was high, and I was like, wow, this is a... I don't understand what's happening. And then I watched it again the next... looking at a weird resin something. Carl and I watched it the next day. He came over, I'm like, you gotta watch this with me, because I think it's fucked up, but I'm not sure, because I was a little high. So we spun it, and yeah, stone cold sober, it's like your your brain is breaking watching it. You cannot get any handle on, like, perspective or depth. Elvira is in, like, Elvira, Mistress Mistress of the the Dark. Dark, Yeah, she has two movies. One is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. The second one is Elvira's Haunted Hills. And the opening credit sequence is just the most psychedelic shit I've ever seen. It's fucking gnarly. Uh, yeah, so we have to thank our patrons because yes. this is a main season episode. It is main season. So thank you. We only you. have two to thank, really. Uh, well, uh, I mean, well, I always thank Danielle Belshaw. Thank you. You're welcome because you're not appreciated enough. You, He's honey. constantly thanking this Danielle bitch I've never fucking seen. I fucks Danielle, Carl. Oh, yeah, she smells real good. Her skin's super soft. She got a hot box. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! That's it. It's over. 
my god. Well, that's my fiance. Trinity and, <laughs> Trinity and I appreciate your being here, Danielle. Thank you. Palsha. I can't even look at you. I'm so ashamed of what he just said to you about his hussy. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Can I stay here while we're splitting up? Oh, yeah. We, I'll, I'll bring the marker over and we'll ABCDEFG your house. <laughs> um, and we have to thank. Just kidding. I love him. We have to thank. Uh, Keep your mitts off me. That arm's for Danielle. <laughs> that arm is for De- the whole oh, arm. Oh, she gets it all the way. We're not. Stop. <laughs> you. Around her shoulders. If we're out in three minutes, I don't even have right, to good. split it into Let's two. Thank you, Connor Sweeney. We appreciate everything you do. Thank Th- you, Connor. Thank you, John Scheibe. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you, Casey Scheibe. We appreciate what you do slightly more than John, but that's just because you wear more tutus and glitter than he does, and mm, are, mm-hmm. you're, you're glam as fuck, and you've always been like, yes. you've always been glam as fuck. You are a shiny princess in the sky. So thank you. Fantastic. For being that. And John, um, like, no offense, bro. I'll still, we can still spin, so slip up a couple cocktails when you come over. I don't mind. Like, whatever. We'll, but we'll get, you can't beat a shiny princess in the sky. You can't beat a shiny princess in the sky. If I said it once, sky. I said it a thousand times. You can't beat a shiny princess in You've the You've always said that. You've always said mm-hmm. that. You have a tattoo on your right forearm I do. that says that, that says in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that, nope. why all right. at all I said. Anyway, um, <laughs> so if you... <laughs> If you want us to get back to uh, intellectual discussions rather than this freeform lovey-dovey love fest that we just had, it's all good. We need send to yes, send us an email chastising us for our feelings at measuringflixpodcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. Uh, and then if you want to, oh yeah, we talked about lots of patron type episodes. If you head over to patreon.com slash Max Peterson, which will be changing soon, but mm-hmm. for now, for throughout December, if you go to patreon.com slash Max Peterson, you can get. A shitload of bonus episodes And let me tell you right now um, We're in the first week of December You want to get on Patreon yep. Before Christmas Do Just it. telling you Just letting you know. You're gonna want to get that All figured out before Christmas day Cause boy will you have some presents to open If you're with us by that point yeah. So anyway um, Thank you all so much for listening I don't think there's thank any you. other nope. type of things we gotta do uh, I'm super excited to finally see fucking Lethal Weapon next week So uh Tune in next week when we continue to talk about Christmas that movies full of bullets. It's gonna need it's gonna need a, a bigger new boat. paint job and a shitload of screen doors.